The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for three ninety nine. Mix and match a four piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Okay, so just so you guys know, before the podcast opens, where we like just wanted, yeah, take a drink of your cup full of ice that is so noisy and shake it around while I'm talking, Emily. I didn't even hear shake it. around. Did you silent? Emily Did literally. Hear? That's not what happened. No one heard that. That's not what happened. No one heard ice shaking in a cup. Did you hear your gaslight? Are you that thirsty? Are you that dehydrated? Today of all days, you're gaslighting me. Wow, unbelievable. Now I've never seen you drink water. You only drink water when you're not getting the attention you need. This is Coke. That's right. What was I? And no one else heard it. The man with headphones on his ears did not hear it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And he's a pilot. <laughs> so triggered. Um, uh, I would like to let you guys know how the sausage is made. Um, I think they can tell. <laughs> we, it never gets made. It never gets served. <laughs> it's undercooked. It's, un, it's undercooked. Like, We all have E. coli. I'm starving. Frozen <laughs> on the inside. We just give you the pig and you figure the rest out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, we, we bank a podcast because we get these amazing guests mm -hmm. that are so hard to book and we mm -hmm. sometimes have to, you know, do the rigmarole to schedule them early and later and then sometimes I say to Emily, like, oh, remind me what the podcast was like, the tone of it. Right. So that uh, when I do an intro, because everyone wants intros, they want context. Like, oh, Natasha Legere is on. You've seen her and he's just not that into you. She had her own TV show broke on CBS. I need sometimes a little refresher because Emily will listen to it and cut out the parts where I... Um, <laughs> so I can keep my job? Yeah. <laughs> so Emily, so cut out the parts where I say Chinese finger trap over and over again. So, and white trash. And us fighting about what I am allowed to say, what I'm not allowed to say. So, so then I go like, oh, just give me a quick refresher. And then just now, her refresher was like as if I had dementia. And It's hard to tell with you sometimes. It's so insulting. You were like, okay, so you sat down with Natasha Um, This Natasha's, is your house. Natasha, female comedian. <laughs> you've known her for 15 years. It was like, what is happening? You were like, and you gave her some presents at the beginning. Like, no, I remember. It's the holidays right now. I, Do you remember, Mom? I'm, it's the holidays. I was there. You bet, Grandma. I was there, Emily. I do Okay, remember. well, it's confusing for someone to ask, to be reminded of what happened, and then you remind them, and then they get mad at you for reminding them. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's called abuse. <laughs> you, do you think I'm a, you do treat me like I'm a vegetable. Okay, sometimes. but sometimes you like that. Yeah, a radish. I mean, honestly, <laughs> well, no, if I was a vegetable, you'd leave me alone. <laughs> oh, good one. She doesn't eat vegetables. I'm saying she does only eat croissants with chocolate okay dork <laughs> okay nerd sorry emily you're the only person i know that you eat like she's the diet of a parisian child <laughs> <laughs> also emily, just, like, emily gets stressed she'll go croissants you have, a you have the diet of a tourist at disneyland if emily gets stressed wherever she is she goes i'm doing a cookie cake yeah so it's it's not even like 
a bagel. Like, I'm like, are you eating a cake pop? For the way that I eat, my body is phenomenal. Correct. I'm Giselle Bouchon for what I eat. Correct. And operative word, boo. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Wow. wow. Whoa. We wow. are coming in hot today. Look at you and your face coming. <laughs> oh my God. Do you want to talk about something? <laughs> really? Emily says, do this on your own. Jesus. Emily says, I'm out of here. Emily changed her flight to not go see her family four weeks before Thanksgiving, and she is on one. She's flying high on not flying high. I like it in this conversation, you think Emily's the one who's on one. <laughs> she hasn't said anything, and you're like, you are on one. I don't need to be here. You are really on one right now. Show you. The point is, Natasha Legere was on the podcast, who I am obsessed with. I was afraid of asking her to come on the podcast because I didn't want her to hate me. Um, I loved her for so long. We had a dazzling chat. I laughed so hard in this one that I cried. Like, I was crying in the corner over well, there. You're but, always crying in the corner for some again, reason. again, that's the brand I'm trying to change, but Are you trying? let me fly. <laughs> Um, you're eating a plate of meat and vegetables, like <laughs> potatoes, in a fucking podcast open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my roast I'm beef. I'm sorry. Uh, my ice clink. Try to roast me. I'm eating a roast. Good luck. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm eating a well balanced meal. It sounds like you're chowing down on puss over there. <laughs> no, I've done that. That's not what it sounds like. It sounds like. <gasps> No wonder you go home so much. Oh my oh, God. Like, is that a kind of pastry I'm not aware of? <laughs> I know. Is there chocolate oh, on I the inside? <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't have chocolate I on the inside. I don't know what That's, it is. There's something wrong with there. Does it have some meringue? <clears throat> I don't even like meringue. So <laughs> tell me about... Um, <laughs> What is what are we doing right now? The <laughs> Natasha Legero. Let everyone know she's um, a she, brilliant comedian. They have the uh, she has a podcast with her husband. Natasha is <laughs> an aficionado on all things funny, mm -hmm. stylish. Oh, so mm -hmm. stylish and commitment. Yep. She has. Mm -hmm. She is a uh, has a A plus in monogamy, mm -hmm. commitment, and marriage. Makes a marriage work incredibly work. It's a business. She, they're like the Will and Jada of comedy. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah. She, no, uh, they're not. And we're like the Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Natasha. Um, she's. Her bores. Bully and Bullwinkle. We're like the crack rock and bully. She is so funny so fun like I, so quick I, you know what's weird about Natasha? i'm a fan of natasha i'm actually a fan of natasha I'm too I'm also, yeah. um, weird. you guys talked about she has a very high uterus rating her uterus was rated very highly by her doctor oh you didn't remember that did you grandma <laughs> Wiki? okay Wiki? Wiki uterus <laughs> um you guys talked about your morning radio show that was really funny like your mm -hmm. experience on com promoting your shows on morning radio it's just a preview of the podcast <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm just giving you a coming you up you know what next. fine watch it <laughs> <laughs> you know what fine watch <laughs> it that's and great Google it. i love that on december 3rd i'm gonna be in boise oh god <laughs> at the egyptian theater don't i wonder if that's gonna get canceled calling things Egyptian. So I, I am <laughs> deep-throating a steak. 
Seattle. We're doing two. We have a very special oh. surprise for Seattle mm-hmm. is going mm-hmm. to be crazy because this show sold out so fast. And they didn't even know about the surprise yet. I have I just so much food in your mouth. For those of you watching them, I do have um, food in the corner of my mouth. I know my face changes enough as it is. It's probably confusing. <laughs> it now looks even more swollen. That's not that's not a facelift. It's food. Um, Seattle, December 4th. First show sold out. Second show? Second show. Sold tickets. Let's do it. Go get them. December, uh, we're going to Cleveland Agora Theater. If you're agoraphobic, maybe don't come. December 10th, <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. And then Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. Um, Vic Theater. I love this theater so much. And I chose to do the Vic Theater because I remember performing there at the some comedy festival ages ago and i just like it's like it's tight and i want to shoot a special there i wish i wish i was shooting my special um on december 11th but i don't know um all the jokes about me being in a relationship or not i don't know if they work or not because i'm not sure if i'm in a relationship so i have to figure that out first so we're gonna push we're gonna shoot the special <laughs> this is a promo we're gonna wow. 2022 um and so oh, oh please don't choke we have to redo this and um, WhitneyCummings.com, Nashville, and then December. Are you farting, Ellen? <laughs> no, it's the Jesus. It's the right. Don't fart your chocolate. Your, don't fart your, <laughs> your meringue de yeah. chocolat on me. You're getting in the way of the smacking. <laughs> yeah, you're farting. It's <laughs> interrupting my mouth Yeah, noises. they don't want to hear chewing. They want to hear farting. Um, <laughs> sit on a cake. Sit on a cake. Um, <laughs> and then... Honestly, if we keep watching, I like weird silences. Here's what I was mostly going to say is that we are doing a Christmas episode Mm -hmm. and it's going to be just us because I mean, who wouldn't want to? You can tell how great this is going to happen for for two hours straight. Questions, advice. Mm -hmm. Look, I have, I have, I'm bad at a lot of things. Advice about what. (laughs) <laughs> you know, this is, this is I'm bad at a lot of things. Just, Mostly advice. Listen, just, take me seriously. I literally just missed my uh, finger <laughs> trying to make a, v- a very serious point. Mm-hmm. And so listen to me when I say... <laughs> oh. <laughs> the, the most Lucy and Ethel that Lucy and Ethel has ever been. Um, advice about going home for the holidays... Mm-hmm family that is where i shine okay i know i am incredibly shiny on camera at all times because i laser that's a choice yeah i lasered my face off and um all the hair is gone and i cover it in grapeseed oil constantly um because of ocd in my childhood but i want to hear from you you can text 818-239-7527 you can leave us voicemails i feel like i shouldn't be doing this but okay <laughs> leave us voicemails 818-538-9940 college Email us videos and stuff. Good for you, fans at gmail.com. Now, now I everyone makes fun of the fact that I have so many people working for me, with me, Tim Dillon. No one checks these. I'm going to start just doing it myself because no everyone here refuses. I am on time? community.com every day. Are you? Just to, just yes. to check in. When was the last time you looked at an email? Period. <laughs> That's actually a very good point. So That's you, a good point. we would love to see you log into the email. <laughs> That'd be a real treat. Oh, sorry. The same person that said. What I, person? You. What person? I can't log into an email. What was the shortcut? I can't log wanted? into an email because let me tell you why. I don't want to. 
And I ain't gonna. Okay. <laughs> no, really, I can't do it because um, I'm really doing other stuff. I'm just saying. And then Benton will just pick the worst ones possible and be like, all your fans are just perverts. I'm like, that's not true. Emily, are they or are they not bad? <laughs> I, wait, you They're guys, bad. Okay, are but you egg, focus on the bad ones. Well, I, because they all are. They're not, not all interesting. Of them, They're not, not good. All of them, the, not all of them. They're, they're not bringing their A game. I, really I, I would like to put out an all call. We will do it more. We just need more more, more content. Stop calling and breathing into the phone. <laughs> so it's not me, it's you? Any of you know uh, me? It's not us, there. it's them. In a good, like, just give us more level stuff up. to work with. Level level up, level up, level but up. sane people don't leave voicemails. <laughs> okay, well, now we're offending everyone. <laughs> so, uh, like and subscribe. Here's the thing. If we don't have anything to say, don't call in. You know what? I think but I'll just start writing have, the emails. People that have things to say have jobs and lives and don't have time to call in. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll hear about it in the comments of this. So, uh, <laughs> looking forward to that. But no, nobody who doesn't breathe in the phone would ever call. <laughs> So just, you know what? Give it a try. If you're not someone that normally like, calls in for stuff like this. I believe there's somebody who would call into a comedian's <laughs> podcast for advice is weird. It's like, what? No, I'm okay with that weird. That being said, please do it's call. Usable. How come when I check the voicemails <laughs> on a Gmail for a podcast that a female comedian shoots out of her home, <laughs> when I check them, how come they're not all these smart, cute lawyers that have their shit together? I see other people's fans leave videos that are coherent. <laughs> Who, bitch? Who? So many. Who? Name a podcast. Name a you. This is your. You're the one that did this. I didn't. Do, I, there's no part of me that said you know we should do have family name, voicemails. You did. That's what I really want to do. I want to hear from the fans. I want to hear their voicemails. I do want to hear from the fans. Me too. This but I want to hear really... coherently from them. Okay, but that coherent people that speak coherently. So you're saying all your fans to... are ding dongs? No, I'm just saying. No, what are you trying to say about them? Therapy. Hey, I'm just Here's saying. Here's a viable alternative. I'm saying they can do better, and you're I, saying they can't. I think most people do it when they're drunk or on Nyquil or Dayquil oh, or a, a mix idea. of both. I don't think that you're like. It's 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 trying to call in those eight, wackos. Eight thirty a.m. Just woke up. I, I think it's. I think that sane people do it at like two a.m. Like, ugh, I think it's a last ditch. <laughs> Big swing. Hail Mary. I think it's a low point in someone's life. I think that's. Like, I disagree. I think people when they're we calling, meet a lot of people on tour. And I they think are, they're not at their best when they call in. That's you, what oh, I just said. You should leave like a physic, like a Kleenex box that's emptied mm. out for people to leave questions Comments? at the front of the a stage. Kleenex <laughs> a Kleenex like box? A, a comment box? A diorama? <laughs> Should we use all the Kleenex yeah. first? No. Okay. Throw them away. Um, Write it on the Kleenex? All I'm saying is I just gave myself I, a new task, so that's great. I felt a lot better about it until we started touring and now we're meeting these people and they're so elegant and so smart and they say nice things mm. and they like have when they ask really great questions and I'm like but only the, heavy only the heavy breathers are calling. Because sometimes you go home and you mix Benadryl with Zima Don't and Zima. things go silent ways. That's all. That being said, prove us wrong. Call in. We can't talk like this for two hours. We need you guys to call in on the Christmas episode or we'll all kill each other. So call in. You need help with your family. We know how to navigate toxicity. You could never kill me. You know what would be the saddest part? You know what? what? How? I could kill you. How? You'll put anything in your mouth because poison you easy. (laughs) I fill your pill container. I know, but how, Emily, what would you do? You couldn't do it. Icicle. 
And then the evidence. Okay, well, bones. Bones. Why do you have to be Elsa at all times? Like, <laughs> let it minute. go. It, wouldn't it be cute <laughs> if the fans if the fans wrote in like a like a like what they want for Wait, Christmas, like for Santa? <gasps> oh. Wouldn't it be cool if someone on this staff checked the emails? <laughs> okay, again, we do. We have so many to check. I don't know why we're trying to add more. <laughs> This is obviously a point you know, of contention. You should, do, you should text it to Whitney so she has to check on. <laughs> I do. I respond. She does. I, she does. I do. She does. That's I respond true. personally because everyone here is just too busy. Oh, did you want us to respond to your text messages now? I mean. Because that would be bad. No. Yeah, exactly. I want you to check the voicemails and the emails so that we're connecting with our fans and putting them in the opens. We do. Do ya? <laughs> yes. Do ya? Uh, Okay. <laughs> they just get pushed for other stuff. Like, what do you do on all these five-hour flights home to see your family every okay, week? Well, that's when I get my sleep in. Right. Got it. Because it does feel like you I don't know like how we're everything ha- about crows, but nothing about the fan voicemails. Every time I see you, you know more about crows than you did the last time, but none of well, the fan voicemails or emails minute, have been what checked. What do you think we do all day? <laughs> yeah. What do you yeah. think? Complain I- about health insurance? Huh. That feels like a <laughs> fair so thing so to come out. Wow. <laughs> of, all the, of all the things to be called out on. <laughs> yeah. Also, that feels like it's, that what? feels like a you problem. <laughs> I know. that I do need to make a call about that. I need to call Kelly. That was too weird to cut. That was no, we're cutting all of that. That's funny. <laughs> what do you we're think we do? That is funny. I don't know why we're doing an airing of the grievances. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with Are you Festivus? This is Jerry oh, Stiller. What are you doing? I have my pills. He's dead. I'm so happy oh. I have my legs. <sighs> See you soon, Chicago. <laughs> if I haven't killed her, you can't. I suppose well, we'll ma- Icicle in California. That's a good point. It's a, it's a, it's a, okay, well, now you know what to leave us voicemails about. <laughs> it's a, it's a real yeah. cockeyed plan for someone that's never She'll had kill a herself her before eye. you ever get there. Live in the- <laughs> <laughs> Again, not a burn. <laughs> Today when I showed up. Again, thank you. <laughs> again, great job, mom. Again, again, score. <laughs> yeah. One point, Emily. Oh my God. Jesus. Today I when I showed up at 8 a.m., I showed up and I opened the door and there were open bottles of tea on all the stairs like 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 this. I know. Like, like a game. I was like, is this a, is this a prank? I know. It looked it's like a booby a, trap. I know. It looked like a, what is it? Um, what was the thing when you- I was like, is she shooting home alone? Shoot what or are we? Dare, or dare, double dare. Wait, what are you talking about? When I came in today on the stairs, the whole way up the thing, she had open bottles of drinks on different stairs. Like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm just stepping like around frogger. them. Great contribution. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Did you want to talk more about your family? I didn't bring up my family. No, we're done. Oh, I'm done. Uh, why? Yeah. We were out on the <laughs> Enjoy Natasha. This is uh, just to give you a taste of what this podcast is going to be like. Natasha Legero is here. <laughs> And no one will call me out on my shit faster than this one. Do you see I got you a pillow? 
Oh, that's so... That, like, I picture that being the vibe Wait, of your Wait, you home. got me this? Yes. That's so nice. This actually matches my the living room wallpaper. To me, I was going to say, to me, that I have, like, is, a lodge. Like, and this that is... goes in your home somehow. Whitney, that's so couple, nice. Yeah, I got you a couple things that... Well, I mean, a lot of it's just whatever. Why are you so thoughtful? Merch that you can wear. It's um, actually kind of annoying. Oh, well, this is something that I... <laughs> This is, can I tell you something? You're the only person. I feel like this is rude. You're like, I think you're ready for this, Natasha. Do you? Have you seen Sunset Boulevard? <laughs> you know, the aged woman who can't go out in the sun anymore. Are you trying to tell me that you don't love that hat? Well, I need to see it, but. <laughs> Are you trying? It definitely seems like a lot. Are you trying to tell me that this is not made for you, like, getting your uh, bougainvillea uh, or your rutabaga. No, I like garden. it. You know what it is? It feels very young. <laughs> it's, I'm kidding. This is, well, no, <laughs> it's, it's a very new fashionable brand, but I think it's very like old on purpose. No, I like it. It's almost like, um, you know, like when Lucille Ball <laughs> needed to go out and like um, get radishes for the bit. <laughs> Yeah, when she needed to go do a bit. Oh, no, you know what it is? Remember when uh, Mommy Dearest was, like, chopping the roses down? Yes, Like, yes. if she did it in the daytime, this is what do she would Do you wear. have one wire hanger in your home? I don't. Exactly. So, <laughs> you... Although I did do it to my child, the no more wire hangers is a joke. Like, and I kind of crossed my eyes, and she was just like, Mommy, that's awful. Don't do that. Or should I just keep this on? Yeah, well, no, you, this is for you when you're, like... Thank you, Whitney. It was. It's really nice I of you. I feel like you're camping a lot. I'll wear this to Six Flags. I when feel- I have, <laughs> I'll, I'll wear this to Legoland next week. <laughs> wear that for when you need to audition for It'll the look Great, great with Garden a mask. spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, and there's one more thing in there that is like Whitney. so Natasha. This is so nice of you. I really enjoy getting gifts for guests. I feel like you have you need a you need a family. You have too much time on your hands. <laughs> no, I I I tried that. Whitney. Wait, no, that's for your child. Shit, sorry. And I need to put I needed to glue it. That's not for you. That's for your daughter. How dare you? <laughs> okay. Okay, you're going to give that fun- Wait, do you give all your guests Presents? Well, no, yes, but you are a special person I've known for I mean, this a very long really time. Really good on me. Well, but this is the kind of stuff that I I can't buy for anyone else, to be honest. <laughs> um, my daughter will love this. Oh, it's so cute. Isn't that cute? Because if there's a bun, it? you can just put it on the bun. Oh, you put this. Yeah, you put a bun and then you put that on it. Cute. Can think? I borrow it like, from my for, daughter? No, that is for your child. <laughs> if I ever see you in that, I will write your daughter a letter and just say this was meant for you. No, there's one more thing. That's for your daughter. This is the this, this is just this Whitney. This is too much. Okay. All right, but no, it's very nice. Thank okay. you. All right, this one too. No, it's there's one more thing that In is here? so Natasha. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, careful, careful. Like this is important because I feel like. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> this is so isn't that cute, so you? Whitney? I love it. This is a very delicate. Um, like, are you sure this isn't for my child? <laughs> No, Here, your honey. Husband. You're like one of the most fun people to shop for. Uh, well, you should tell that to my husband because he hasn't given me a present in five years. Although that's not true. I told him for our anniversary. I was like, um, you know, you didn't get me something the past several years and uh-huh. this hand is very empty. So he did get me an, an opal because the opal, I love an opal. is our, our anniversary's birthstone. Well, actually, it wasn't Moshe's idea. Our, the, the woman who made it, Rachel Lauren, she has a company called Lauren Stewart, and she it was her idea. Yes. She's very creative. Yeah, I love that you, like, have a gold person. Well, I mean, I have a friend who I've known forever, and she started a gold she, business. before she became a thing? Yeah. She oh, used to wild. be an executive at Fox. We I get think. it. You've had holding <laughs> deals. 
We get it. So, couple things. Don't know where to start. Uh, your podcast is a raging success. You take advice from listeners. You play people's like deepest, darkest secrets. Um, I need the orgasming from the belly button through line <laughs> to stop. Like, I am so... Wait, you listen to our podcast I too? I listen to your podcast. Wow. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of you. I'm like, wait, why are you getting me things? Why yeah, are you why getting are me presents? so suspicious? <laughs> this Gosh, is amazing. I mean, this is... comedian is so toxic. It is so, like, hard to process that anything is uh, real. But, no, I... No, it's great when people leave their secrets because I do feel like... Just by get, telling someone a secret, it just kind of like, well, yeah. it's like therapy, you, can you know? You have grace. I mean, that's the basis of all 12-step programs is you tell your deepest, darkest secrets. No one's freaked out because they've all thought the same thing. And then you get to go, oh, I'm not terminally unique. I don't need to have all the shame and I don't need to go like do ketamine or whatever. <laughs> you know? So it's like... It, My therapist didn't tell me that, mm, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, th- you don't have a lot of deep, dark secrets is my guess. You're very... Um, have a very... Uh, uh, authentic relationship with the truth and reality. You're not someone that's delusional. That's nice. Yeah. As someone that like famously wears like like elbow high gloves on stage and for, you're not delusional. <laughs> you're one of the most grounded people I know and I know that sounds a little bit crazy because you have such a uh, sort of big stage presence. Well, you know, that's another problem with having a kid. Thank you. That's nice. But I do think that when you have a kid, like I just feel like I don't, I just want to be around for for that for her. Right. I mean, it, so I, I guess it took away a lot of my um, ambition. I want to talk about the child and all, and you as a mother, which makes you grounded in a second. But this is my child. This show. <laughs> um, so I would like to just wrap up the the. Here's the thing that annoys me about the belly button. There's been a, uh, uh, there was a caller that said that when they put their finger in their belly button, they climaxed very intensely. And then someone else called and said that happens to me too. Well, I was so bummed because of course I put my finger in my belly button like immediately. And it does, (laughs) it, it does feel weird. Like, did you, you had never done that before? I mean, I'd like to clean like lint out or, you know, something like that. But no, I hadn't molested my belly button before. And I don't do, you feel like a little bit I, of a sexual yeah, thing? Yeah, it does if you go do it? to your pelvis. Like it is connected somehow. That feels wrong to me. It feels uh, morally wrong. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it's not something I've ever done, but I did like try it when she but, said. But that. you've just felt. I just feel there are nerve endings that are very raw. I can't explain. People it. are fucking bored, Whitney. So. Bored. <laughs> and then the relationship advice stuff is like super fascinating to me, and I love that you and your husband tend to give slightly different. You, I mean, you have like a perfectly balanced take on it, um, which I really appreciate. But you're like a savage with advice. So I did ask the internet for a couple questions. Let's see if we got any good ones. Um, uh, I am the breadwinner and my man instinctually doesn't like it. Get a divorce. (laughs) Okay, no, go on. LegalZoom.org. How can I find a girl to date that can overlook my disability and just see me as a person who's not disabled? Oh, wait, that's the guy? A guy just asked that, yeah. Oh, it's a guy. Okay, he's the breadwinner. Well, that's a se- separate person. No, those are two <laughs> separate people. 
Can you start over, Whitney? Yeah, the first one very swiftly. You answered it so swiftly. <laughs> oh, you moved divorce. on? Yeah, I moved on No, to the no, next no, one. no, no. I didn't mean to. Let's, let's, let's I thought stay. that was good advice. I thought that was great advice. It was a woman saying she was the breadwinner, right? Yes. Okay, now Meg. Let's, let's hear the whole thing from Meg. Meg, I'm about to be the breadwinner and my man instinctually doesn't like it. Oh, yeah, get a divorce. Here's what I'll say. Or let him use that to his advantage. In my experience, when you start making more money than the guy or are making more money than the guy, he feels insecure and that drives him to be more ambitious or to compensate in other ways. Listen, it totally depends on the guy. Like, Mm -hmm. I purposely married Moshe because Mm -hmm. he, I could tell, like, got like he got turned on when I was on stage or working or mm-hmm. doing things or getting attention. He liked it. He, it made him happy that I was happy in, you know, yeah. in the spotlight. And I, I get think, so confused because, sorry, I don't, sorry, sorry. But, but you have to, you have to, you have to find someone like that who's really into having a woman who's successful. And here's what I'll say. It, when I goes to these, like, I know I'm going to a stereotypical place, but it's like, all I hear is like, women are gold diggers. And like, women just want to use this for our money. And then when a woman has money, it's like, well, now I'm emasculated by the fact that you're like, which is it? Do you know what I'm saying? So that's, it, it is. It's the guy. The guy. You know, and, and also Moshe told me, this is why I decided to marry him, actually. He was like, I, something happened. We were dating. And I was like, oh, can I talk about that on stage? And he was like, oh, just so you know, you can always make fun of me on stage. I don't care at all. And I was like, oh, cool. Just as long as you say my Instagram handle. Um, <laughs> but but I think a lot of people, like I've gotten in fights with ex-boyfriends because sure. like they're like, I don't want you to talk. That's per- private information. And, you know, yeah. he just didn't, he just let it all kind of roll off of him. And I think that's, that for me, that was really important. One of my favorite moments in my life as a person in this field was you at M-Bar, this was probably 15 years ago, you were on stage and you had torn one of your headshots in half (laughs) and you had your jokes on the back of it and you were reading your jokes off of a headshot. That's funny, I should do that again. And then you went, (laughs) and there were like very few people in the audience, it was like one of those odd, like weird Tuesday shows or something. And you were killing, of course, but you were like, all right, I'm trying to figure out, why did I bring a date here? He's just watching me bomb on stage. <laughs> really? Yeah. See, I have no memory of any any of that. I remember Embar. Do you it. know that I still say thank you so much? Well, we started comedy together, I think. Yeah. You had you were already like I started in two thousand and two. Yes, I started like two thousand four. Yes. So you you were already like like known in sort of on lineups and stuff like that. Did you know that we had a show together? Me we, and you? Yeah, me, you, and Melinda Hill. We had a show together in Atwater Village. What was it called? I don't remember. <laughs> I was trying to find it. It was like we would kind of book it. It was like outside at a cafe. It wasn't at M-Bar? We were social distancing before anyone. We, were, <laughs> we had four people six feet apart at 4 p.m. We had a show, me and you and Melinda. In we, the day? It was at like Sunday at like six, like six to nine. You could tell me anything. Also, I remember one time we were at a show on Melrose that was like at a Greek restaurant and there was like a side room. Like a lot of shows were at like rooms. Remember Mm -hmm. there was like a, was it chucklemonkey.com? It was like a website that had like Bliss Cafe and Miyagi's, like all these like random shows at restaurants. We we did comedy at restaurants. No, it's all coming back to me. For a while. And it was, there wasn't even a stage. It was like, com. It, we were doing comedy for comics for the most part at that time. And this was a show and you were working on a premise about like how guys like fist bump. I hate that. <laughs> you 
were literally just like, Still hate what it. is this? And you were just like hate fist bumping the Why? Comments. Why like, do I have to do that? I don't know. That's like a thing I'm supposed to do now. It was so funny. Say hi like, to my agent. Hi. You're like, but you're like in a fur coat. Like, what is this? And I just, But you know what? Now I kind of appreciate it. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, you were way... You, I, the, the fist bump was I've just, come full circle. Was I'm ahead like ahead of its time. I will maybe touch your knuckle with my knuckle. I always tell people whenever your name comes up, I'm like, she has one of my favorite jokes ever. It's not even a. It's just like kind of a sentence. Remember when you would go? You know what's weird? Babies have skeletons. Oh yeah. <laughs> I really didn't want to have a baby for a long time. I was like very against it. So like a lot of my jokes were about how I was never going to have a baby. Yes. So I haven't. I haven't quite reconciled at all do you think on some level the things we protest the most are inevitable like we have to protest it because we know that it's imminent in some way I mean I didn't really I I I definitely was a situational breeder you know like if the situation were right maybe I would consider having a child where I have friends who are my age who are like I'm gonna hire a surrogate I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it on my own if I don't have a man I don't care like I am I'm just, I was not that. I was, and then when I met Moshe, I was like, oh, I bet he'd be a good dad. And then I had like frozen my eggs on a whim. Did just you to freeze like, your eggs the same time I did because of a conversation that we had on the set? Some of woman told us to. Okay, we were on the set of uh, <laughs> a movie called This. By the way, a lot of moments we've had together are like seminal moments in my life. And it's so And funny I'm like, I don't remember. you totally forget that. Well, but like, literally some of the most... You're going to be like, remember that crown I gave you? <laughs> that belonged to my great-grandmother. Um, no, a lot of like very significant moments in How my does this life. Look? You, It actually <laughs> works. Are you allowed to steal from your child? It's your child. You can take it. Whatever's hers is yours. Um, we were on the set of a movie called This Means War. With Chelsea Handler, right? That's right. And we were in outtakes that never were taken out. Right. <laughs> we like went and shot some. It like, was Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. That? And it was like Mick G was directing or something. And then we were just like outside at some restaurant, like in mini skirts, like improvising. And I think it was in like the credits or something. And we yeah. were in a trailer with Jenny Slate, uh, who was getting married or something at the time. And Dana Fox, who was the writer of the movie and Dana Fox, we were. This I remember. Was just like, you need to freeze. I mean, I think she's since had maybe three kids or something, but she was like talking about her fertility. Like we just met her. And I know yeah. what it's like is when you're going through something and you're just like need to pass on information that it's totally not being asked for. Like she just, and it was like, I was like, what is, what's happening? Why is she like, I'm young. I don't need to worry about this or whatever. And then I froze my eggs like two months later because of that conversation. Yeah. I, I think that it was like, People just kept saying it, and I was like, well, you know, you never know what, mm-hmm. if I might want that. So it's I, for insurance. It's not yeah. necessarily. If, if you can afford it, like I saved up, and, you know, I would tell someone now doing it because I did it at 37, which I think is like the definite cutoff. Mm-hmm. And I did it, and then I didn't have my baby till 42. But, um, and, and also, you can carry the kid until you're like, like when they say Janet Jackson just had a baby. At like 45 or something. Yeah. Or 55. Oh, wow. That's not her egg. Got it. A donor egg. Probably. Mm-hmm. And I think it does give people false hope. Although, I don't know. Maybe it's... Can you imagine being Janet Jackson? <laughs> but you're... you uter- not being able to use your eggs. Like, <laughs> no, what a bummer. But, right. I know. Well, maybe she did. I don't know. But I do what think a, a lot of times women, their uterus stays good until yeah, you're yeah. like in your 50s, sure. you know? So, uh, so yeah. Oh, but one thing I will say, if anyone's listening who's thinking about doing this, like, I didn't understand it at the time because it was very new technology. Yeah. You know? And they were like... 
oh, you you have 10 eggs. And I was like, oh, well, I only want one kid. So that's plenty. Please stop. I don't want to do another round. But like you really should do more than one round because I had 10 eggs. Then they unfroze them. Then they turned them into embryos. Six of them died. Then the embryos got tested. There was one. And I, no, there was two. I stuck one up me, it died immediately. And then the last one made my kid. Right. So, you know, when I was 42. So I just think. did you freeze embryos or you. No, I froze eggs. Added the sperm to the frozen egg. Yeah. And made embryos. And that's how they all died. (laughs) Well, because it's like. As soon as you brought your husband into it, it got ruined. Shocker. But but I didn't understand that the you want to have like a lot of options I yes. guess just yes. to even get the one and yes because some will I mean after I got my eggs uh, Emily was with me in Redondo remember weren't didn't a couple of them have Down syndrome like they had to get rid of a couple. Uh, because they grow so many. I mean, I got like 18. You mean was, they tested them? They test them. A couple of them are just a wash because they're just wonky or whatever. Uh, some of them will have like an extra chromosome or something. So your eggs are just in a freezer in Redondo? Yes, they maybe? are. <laughs> they have a beachfront view. Okay. How dare you accuse me of being a shitty parent? It is $200 a month. They are doing great. I'm actually looking for an egg for, for a relative, so maybe we can... Let <laughs> me know. I Don't tell them it's me. They'll be like, oh, we're good. The girl that all she does is talk about, like, her inherited ancestral trauma and addiction issues, like, the hard pass. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I have eggs, but the, if you've got someone that you know you want to procreate with, they say that the chances are higher if you freeze embryos yeah, off the bat. But I didn't know then. Well, yeah, and by the way, I wouldn't do that yet so I would use my I would do what you did I remember being at a party at like I think it was like at the Soho house having to do my last shot in my butt yeah and like mm-hmm. I was I remember I was out on the dance floor like dancing and I was like oh fuck I had my my beeper went off my or my time my um what is oh, it like a alarm or something? alarm went okay. off it starts beeping and I'm like fuck I have to like <laughs> shoot my ass so I like go into the <laughs> it's kind of glamorous I know I just remember like Going into the bathroom at the Soho it, it house. Is that the one like, that has all the, the vaginas yeah. on the wallpaper? Yes. Oh, yes. that's sweet. And just like, you know, doing the final one and then just like throwing, you know, I just didn't care, you know, yeah. and I'm glad that it ended up, you know, giving me this this child. And then so you did in vitro at 40, at 42 or at 41 and then got pregnant at 42? I don't remember. I mean, I just remember it was like harrowing and it just felt endless. And mm-hmm. I was really like at the last, you know, I, I had this letter written to Moshe that was like, you know, I don't care if it's not my eggs. I'm at peace with it. We can get donor eggs. You know, it's as much as I, you know, love my Nana who worked at, made the salads at the Italian restaurant in Rockford. Like I'm okay if like we go to a different <laughs> family line, you know, like we can find someone you know, like, again, if I was Janet Jackson, although maybe not. Well, you know, <laughs> now that you say it, if there's a way to, like, separate ancestral mental illness with just looks. And talent. And talent like, yeah, I don't know if that techno. I know that you can, like, change your baby's eye color, but, like, can you change, like, the father's side abuse? Yeah, so I, I do think that... Um, I don't remember what you asked But me, do you but. think that half of it, because a lot of what I hear is that when girlfriends of mine are trying to get pregnant, they can't get pregnant and they can't get pregnant. And then they... Oh, I was at peace with it, yes. And then they give up. And the night that they like have a couple whiskeys and just like have sloppy sex in the garage, like that's when it happens because the stress of trying, which by the way, when when people are like, yeah, we're trying, we're trying really hard. You're all like, you're just being like, we're fucking like 
at 3 p.m. every day when I'm, you know what I mean? It's just all like that always just is kind of like a wild thing that became socially acceptable to just say we're trying and make everyone just imagine you like fucking all day. But uh, when you're trying and really stressed out about it, you release cortisol and it kind of shuts your body down. It's like this is not a hospitable, which is why like animals in captivity have a really hard time procreating because it's like they're in a lot of stress. So it's like is part of the reason you think you did get pregnant as part of the, like, ah, it's fine either way. Uh, no, I just kept pumping my body full of <laughs> drugs. I know, but I always hear the second someone is like, all right, whatever, I guess we'll just adopt. Like, I know friends that got surrogates, were like, I can't have kids, started just having sex and have two kids born in the same year, one via surrogate, and they got pregnant because, Amazing. They, because they were like not thinking about it, not trying, which is kind of fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but I, I do think that if it's your goal to have a kid and you're like, you know, feeling like it's time, you just have to kind of put all your energy into it. Did you like being pregnant? I, trust me, I know what the answer is. This is why I love you because you're not like, being pregnant was amazing. No, I hated it. Yeah. I like, I didn't, I did not. I saw you at the comedy store and- I you, was so uncomfortable. I just wanted to like, I scheduled my C-section. It was like it. scheduled for 10 a.m. at like 9.50. I went into the room. At like 10.07, my baby was born. I had put on eyeliner and like, I had like this <laughs> amazing picture. Like, Moshe took a picture of me like when they plopped the baby on my chest and like it was done. Did you, did Moshe see it come out? Like oh, and because, let me just tell you this, I should show you. I, I planned the C-section so the scar is like literally that big now. Love it. Whereas like a lot of times it's an emergency C-section. That's, right. That's what my mom had. That's what all my friends have. Have So that job. can just be like this. Because they're like, we can't. Because everyone's yes. like, I want to have it naturally. So, you know, but my, my gynecologist was really cool. He was a gay guy. And I was like, can I please just schedule my C-section? And he's like, well, you're really not supposed to do that. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? I mean, I guess you're, well, it wasn't dilating though, you know, and, and I already knew like I was so small, you know, and my, my mom had why, three. And why, why, if you, is it like some kind of like conspiracy? I know Naomi Wolf, who people are really mad at now, wrote a whole book about, uh, what was it called? Um, can you, uh, I guess I could look it up. But in Brazil, I think it's illegal and it's, or it's. Well, but also there's so much money to be made from like surgeries later repairing your vagina. You know, like I have friend, I have a friend, you probably know her, uh, who tore it. 18 inches total and had to get the vaginal tightening and had a catheter for the first three months of having her child while breastfeeding and couldn't pee. Like it was a nightmare. Like, I don't understand wh why there's so much um, uh, the glorification of getting torn in half if you don't have to. You well, know? I don't really get it, but I do think it's like women who maybe are a little more feminine than we are. <laughs> <laughs> want to have that experience of like the earth mother or something. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't <sighs> relate to it, but maybe they think that it's like coming through them, you know? Coming through them. <laughs> it's you're making a tiny vagina in the stomach. Like, what's the difference? I don't know. I don't. Under, it's, I dated I'm a never having another one. I dated a I love, and you have the best um, uh, quote ever about this. What a, one one child is a uh, choice and Moshe keeps saying that's my quote. Who's I'm like that is a famous quote. He keeps but it is such he a keeps Natasha. quoting me, it's, and I'm like that is not my it's quote. It's Basically yours. Basically, I just heard somewhere I don't remember where that one child is an accessory, two is a lifestyle. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, that's exactly I want. I don't want the, the lifestyle. And the way you put it is perfect. I heard you guys, you were talking the other day about having more than one kid. Is it ethical to have four or five kids? All that kind of stuff, which is a really fascinating argument. Oh, because Moshe was saying he didn't think it was ethical. Well, I my smartest friends or my most uh, law degree PhD friends are not having children because they're like, it's unethical to bring a child into the world based on what we know the future is going to look like. Well, this is interesting because I'm writing a book right now and it's called The World Deserves My Children. And (laughs) it's about (laughs) this. It's not out yet, but I do think that, you know, I've kind of grappled with this a lot. And I don't know, I'm probably being very naive, but I just feel like you need an army for the apocalypse. (laughs) And, And I also think we need like, Little Greta's, you know, all, yeah. all, I mean, who's going to save us if not this generation? Not that, but then it's, I'm sure it's not ethical to be trying to have, because, you know, like if my mom told me I should be an environmental scientist, I'd be like, fuck you, you know? Yes. So it's not that, I, but I do send my kid to like a nature school and I want her to fall in love with the world mm-hmm. and nature and, yep. and, you know, obviously like it'd be amazing if she was an environmentalist and you know, even though I, I can't compost, maybe she will. Um, <laughs> no, you can't. But I mean, I do grapple with this and I'm sure someone could write in and say why it's the, I'm wrong. But I, I do feel like it's worth a shot. <laughs> Here's the thing. Stupid people are procreating constantly. So I don't think that smart people should be restrain themselves. And don't we need le- like when legislation starts getting passed yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. the environment and global warming, don't we need like people to be voting in the right Way? I, I don't know. I mean, if we only let, uh, you know, what did they just say in Florida? If you get vaccinated, you can't come to school for 30 days. Have you seen this? They're saying because, it because people don't understand science. And they're right, like, right, right, well, right. we don't we think it's bad to get vaccinated. Well, also, you, cannot, you might spread something to us. I mean, it doesn't oh, make any sense. Because you have the virus yes. technically. Ugh. No. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make yes, any yes, sense. Yes, I'm just yes. saying like you can't just let. You know, yeah. those people have kids. Like, don't we want, like, to to have a... I, I mean, know. until the four or five people that are in control of all media decide to be ethical in terms of, like, allowing misinformation and stuff, it's like, because we're about to have a country run by older people, basically. Like, everyone is about to be older, and they're the most vulnerable to misinformation because they're not as tech-savvy. I I started listening to this podcast called You're Wrong About, and they debunk things about the OJ trial and um, Tanya Harding and Anna Nicole Smith. Like, things that we kind of were like, oh, we thought that was the story. They're like, no, Anna Anna Nicole Smith was really cool, and she didn't want that guy for her money. Honestly, (laughs) if if you just just listen to it. Can you please post that picture of but here's, what I'll say. but here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll she's say. She's like propping him up and he's like, by the way, gold diggers. She's like, we're in love. And she's men, like dressed as a clown. Men that are gold digged, they are consenting and want it. So if you're a billionaire, right? And you're, you make great deals for a living. That's how you became a billionaire. And then all of a sudden this, this dumb woman is going to come along and convince you to do a bad deal all of a sudden. I don't buy this like men being preyed on thing. I just don't buy it. I don't really buy that either. But that man in particular <laughs> seems very way, senile. If you, <laughs> I mean, he was in his late nineties. He was still Whitney. doing deals though at the time. He was still doing whatever he uh, real estate deals or whatever he was doing. I do not really buy this. Uh, Did, 
I think that men that get gold digged want to be gold digged. Why are you driving an Aston Martin? Why do you have these nine houses if you're not trying to bait rich women? He was a, she. He saw her at a strip club, basically invited her. Why not? Wait, so, so, but you're saying that when you say that the world's about to be run by old people, you don't mean that age. Not that age, no. Because the boomers, uh, she was saying that in the next 10 years, I think it's something like 60% of the population is going to be between 55 and 75. Well, you know what's great about the pandemic is that it is definitely... <laughs> We've called out some of the people that no. think everything on Facebook is true. No, I'm not saying that. You said that. No. Yes, I did. Here's what I'm saying about about the pandemic is I feel like we all just like went into this like hibernation for a year and a half. Yeah. And now even the old people, like we're all just idiots. Like everyone's on TikTok. <laughs> so my dad, my 75 so year old true. father came to visit. He couldn't, I was like, can you help me with the kid on his phone the whole time? Like, a, like ding, 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 ding. He's playing like uh -huh. games. I don't yeah. know what the hell he's doing. I'm like, yeah. can you at least like fast forward the YouTube videos for my child's like <laughs> screen time? Like they were very unhelpful. And I'm just, I just think, and then my, my friends who are my age, I went over to their house recently and it's just like, oh, do you want to try these new spring rolls? I, I learned the recipe on TikTok. Oh, your skin looks good. Thank you. I, I had 16 step process of skin cleaning. I learned on TikTok. Oh, do you like this? Um, do you like what I did to my kitchen? It's uh, the mason jars are in descending order. I learned it on TikTok. And like everyone's on TikTok. Like I'm not doing that. I just. Everyone's just dumb now. Benton and I just had a really big fight about this. I bet you're on TikTok. I am on TikTok. I don't run it. It's just clips from the podcast. What you just did will be uploaded to TikTok. <laughs> I, I just can't. I'm Here's not going to do there, it. Like anything, I think that there's things that are super helpful on there, like the recipes. and the See? I, don't, I learned it on I, TikTok. Can I tell you something? I do not go on TikTok. Emily sends TikTok clips that are so crazy. <laughs> we end up never airing them. <laughs> Because we're not clear the stra TikTok strategy. I, I am clear of the TikTok strategy. Just, I am cool. Mad, just, <laughs> just madness. Like, I think now TikTok has started to be more of like an instructional type thing. But I was I was fighting with Benton about it because I was like, I do not believe it's uh, effective use of my time currently. I don't think that people are making big comedy careers out of it. I don't think people... Do you feel good after you're on TikTok? I, I don't go on it because I... Is it edifying? It, I don't like watching lazy cheerleading. So, number one, every time I go on there, it feels like girls that are very young in swimsuits dancing, and I feel like I'm going to lose my kid in a custody battle in 10 years if that's <laughs> on my search. No, the worst is like people who are in their mid-50s or like famous celebrities who are like, now trying to do like trying dancing videos. It makes me uncomfortable when I see like a celebrity with their hair and then they bend it and it's like in their facial the, mask and the, like because I know how long it takes to make something that's 10 seconds on TikTok takes like four hours. Ew, really? Oh, it takes so long to get something where someone is like has no makeup on and then they hit their head on the camera and then they come back and they have makeup on. That takes like four hours. Remember we tried to shoot one of those ones with Benton? Because you have to then be in two hours of hair and makeup and then you have to hit it in the same spot. It's like all I, it's like why I don't like guys that are really in shape. Even if your body looks good, all I can do is picture you in the gym for three hours. And it makes, I know. I, I feel the same way. I can't separate the product from how long and how desperate. And, totally. Um, That's like less time you've been reading books. Correct. Because it's like a two hours. If it's this, leg day. If this took 10 seconds, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I get it. But if I'm like, I know how much production time this took and I now feel sad for you. By the way, nothing against spending your time on TikTok. It's just, it's just not for me. It's what and we then used I to just do. feel like my dad, everyone I know from like a, a, a eight-year-old to a 75-year-old is addicted to their phone. Here's what I'll say. TikTok 
for the most part, is what we, when we were teenagers, we did that in the mirror. It was like you're dancing with your mm, hairbrush mm-hmm. and you're like making up a, like a dance to a certain, so- a salt and pepper song. Like that was not to be recorded. You know, that was just like us being silly. That was not to be documented for. <laughs> no public consumption. Okay, so to Posterity. me. The dancing in front of like a laundry basket on your bed, like in a, a bra and like little shorts. Like I just, I feel like I don't know how old anyone is and it feels very sexual to me. Maybe that's just my algorithm. Whitney, I looked at your Instagram the other day and you had a picture of your fucking vagina, your bald vagina. First of all, Mm -hmm. you take the hair off the top of your vagina. I did that once. I I pulled my toe. It hurt so bad. It hurt so bad. She took it off the top and I like my whole body shot. I couldn't walk for a week. Oh, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got got a lot of of shit for this post. Wait. It is just your vagina on a balcony. Okay. Who, where it's, were the uh, the rest of my body is on it as well? Oh, also with 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 TikTok and Instagram too. Like, I'm just feeling like like I just don't I don't want to have to like post everything. Totally. And I think that my deal with this is as someone that I know gets made. I got a job. I'm on a private plane. Look how good my makeup looks today. Sure. I know that you get all of your emotional needs met internally and through your relationship. (laughs) And I think that's cool. As someone that is not satisfied by romantic relationships. That's very rude to your boyfriend. I, he knows it. And I want to be very clear. The only thing that makes me feel good is money. And I'm totally fine saying that. And what you put into social media, I think you end up getting out other ways. And like, if you really want to, I mean, anyone that's like, like touring, like it just helps, unfortunately. But for me, I think people in their brain think I'm just constantly documenting all the time. Like I'll shoot a bunch of stuff. I'll like bank it. I'll post it later. Like it's it's not that much skin off my back. But I think a lot of people think that I probably overshare or do social media too much. But it has been worth it to me work-wise. And I kind of like the idea that, like, we don't have to rely on other people for promotion. We don't have to go do, like, Shecky and the Moose, like, local, like, you know. Oh, like, God, morning radio. Bucky Wait, do you think that's over now that the like pandemic Bucky is... Bucky and Porky on the 10. <laughs> Kiki and the Giraffe. It's always, always. And it's always, it's like, always like, oh, yeah, we met in high school. And there's always, like, a girl who they all objectify. And then it's, like, it's Fajita Wednesdays. And it's, like, 8 a.m. And, and they're, they're, like, like making today fajitas. we're eating Bucky. And you're like, I'm, it's 4 a.m. You know, yeah. like I can't do the morning radio. I, I would say five morning radio DJs have called me a spinner. What's that mean? It's like you don't know because you're tall. It's like they're it's like their idea of like they're like it's a short woman. You can put her on your dick and then spin her around. You never heard of this? Hey, <laughs> asshole, you have a pot belly. So how could <laughs> I, you wouldn't be able to spin me around? It's just like they don't have any obese. <laughs> What's your name? Are you the worm or are you Porky? Porky and the worm. worm. I'm always like, I think that's a real one. Honestly, it might be. I'm like, who's the worm again? (laughs) Who's the mad cow? Does anyone have a name? Oh, wait, mad cow. I remember that guy. Chicago, mad cow's huge. I remember once I I had an interview. I was like, it was, um, it was for like the first, it was my first radio interview and I was playing someone on, it was on Joe Schmo. I think my name was Rita the Drunk and that was my name and they had me do this like radio tour and it was with Man Cow. Is yeah, that his name? Man Cow. Cow Man or Man Cow? Man Cow. Okay. Chicago based, 
huge. Yeah, so I get on the phone with him. I'm like, it's Natasha Leggero. He's like, I'm on the phone with Rita the Drunk. And I was like, no, my name's Natasha. He's like, you're Rita the Drunk. So Rita. And he just like, kind of like. Yes. And it was like, he steamrolled me. And I was just like, really kind of embarrassed. And it was horrifying. I went in person to do Mad Cow once. and Man Cow. Man Cow. (laughs) It is Man Cow. You called him Mad Cow. Mad Cow, probably. I mean, sorry, I'm making your name better. Does he (laughs) Um, and so could any woman be like cow like Natasha the cow like it's why it's always so sausage in the it's always it's always an animal I know Um, and uh, yeah the girls names are always just like such a bummer Um, like spooky or like (laughs) their names are always like and and they just do like the traffic report and just kind of get like sex sex you know slurs thrown at them um, hold on. I can actually, because I did do, for this tour, I just did a little bit of radio. No joke. Oh, no. You should check to make sure. I just basically man did. Cow. No, man cow. I'm, do not cut this. Man cow, <laughs> I absolutely will criticize this show. It's fucking crazy. Uh, I went, it's very hard. Here's what I will say. It was a pivotal moment in my life because I realized that as hard as it is to be a touring comedian, at the time, I was going in on a Wednesday, doing a Wednesday night show, you would get up and do radio at 5 a.m. the next morning, do uh, show Thursday, get up, do 5 a.m. radio the next morning, and then two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, one show Sunday. Like, that's when we we're doing just like a week at a club. And so uh, getting on Mad Cow was like a huge deal. Man Cow. <laughs> Mad Cow's a disease. As Now that he's older, Man- I feel like all radio DJs are mad right now because of podcasts. <laughs> Oh, totally. Don't you think? So I feel like mad. They're all mad. Um, So he is mad. He's mad. Don't you think? So, okay, I go in. This was probably when I was like 26 or something. I go in at five in the morning. You're exhausted. You did a show before. Like some random like. And why do you have to go in? It's like so annoying. Some hungover like waitress drives you there. And her. (laughs) Saturn. You gotta like make make a conversation uh, at like, like five a in the morning. Rabbit feet hanging from the rearview mirror. <laughs> uh, it's like you're driving around, and there's like four stops, oh. and then like you you get to like have a little hour long break, but then the next radio is at like eleven a.m. No, so you like never f- get to like have like a a nap before your next all show. Like Forty minutes apart. Yeah. For some reason, yeah. There's one at night at like six a.m., six fifteen, and six forty, and then like. 11 <laughs> there's always like yeah an awkward amount of time and um so I go in and I realize the a band came in that I think was not Samford and Sons who's the the one Carrie Mulligan is married to the guy Mumford, Mumford and Sons <laughs> sorry I music is not where I shine everyone knows this I don't but 70s sitcoms but I'll tell yeah, you that, what I way, that I can do <laughs> So, um, cause that's the era I was meant to make television. And so, um, uh, I go in and I'm like, oh, this is a nightmare. Like, why did I choose to do this? Like, this is like awful. And then this Mumford and Sons comes in and it's four guys or I felt like seven. It was just like, there's too many people in that band and they all have instruments. And I was like, the only thing worse than doing this is having to carry like a, like a bass, like a cello at 5 a.m. and be with like four other people. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, this could be worse. You could have to play like at like <laughs> 5 a.m. Can you, at least I get to be like, this is a nightmare. I hate my life. 
I was like, that is worse. Thank God we're not in a band. Yeah, but you know what's good about them? They can kind of like wear sunglasses because like I was kind of trying to do that. Like I'm just going to wear sunglasses to morning radio because they always want to like take your picture and video it, but I didn't want to ever put on makeup. And I didn't, and they always like talk about your appearance, these guys. So they're always like, oh, what's it like to be hot? hot? Yeah. Or I don't know too, but I also felt like I like pressure to not just show up in the robe or, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Can I ask you something? Why are, have for so long, have we been accused of lying about our ages? What do you think that is? I haven't been accused. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just looped you into this. I'm like, hey, so why does everyone hate us? You're like, uh, <laughs> speak for yourself, bitch. Well, no, I guess because so many people conflated us for like a minute. At least like I would get like DMs like of have Natasha and Whitney ever been in the same room? Like I would get like stuff like that. Oh, I, on Chelsea lately, people always maybe. would tell me that they were a fan. And then after like a few sentences, I'm like, oh, they think I'm Whitney. But I would just let that happen. I would get that a lot too. People are like, love you at the Franco roast. I'd be like, thank you so much. I would absolutely <laughs> just go with it. It's like, thank you so much. Um, people tell you that you're lying about your age? In the When I started, I Who mean. Who cares? I just, it's just interesting to me. It's just like I would go on radio shows because I remember people like, oh, because you're okay. So how old are you? They'd like Google it. Show me your license. Like it was a lot of like that. And it was like, I'm tired and poor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I look. And also, why would I lie about my age? I'd never get away with it. If I, you know what I'm saying? I almost want to lie older so that people start to believe me. But there was just like a time where I felt like, I don't know. I just felt like female comics in general just get accused of lying about their age a lot. It's like, yeah, well, I'm. I've been dehydrated for 15 years and I go to sleep at four in the morning and then I have to wake up for pre- like, you're just making me think about like how harrowing, harrowing our schedules were for so long. I hated that um, getting up and doing the radio brutal. and it, it is very brutal. brutal. It's definitely the worst part. Because of- in the beginning, when you're not known, you can't just go on and be yourself. You have to like do bits. They'll be like, they'll, they would say, send a setup yeah. and you'd go ask me about, you know, snowboarding and they'd be like, and then you have to like do a bit. And a lot of comedians, like like the first comedian I you had for, to uh, uh, carry his merch uh, uh, in a bag that I had to check. This was the most bone chilling thing I've ever seen. He was divorced, and before he went on stage, he would put on a wedding ring because all of his bits were about being married. And I just remember looking like that and looking at that and being like, "Don't do that! Like you can't! <laughs> I, like I can't!" You talked about this on, I think it was RuPaul's uh, podcast, uh, about how once you've outgrown a bit or once you're a different person, you can't do material. I know. Moshe's always like, just do some old stuff. I'm like, I can't. I'm not that person anymore. I don't, I I can't do it. Yeah. I can't like talk about like wanting to do coke. I have a child. (laughs) Like, Right. I'm just planning on like what future lawyers have access to in a custody battle like I think about that all the time now I'm like I just can't make that joke anymore but um but yeah I just remember going like I hope I'm I I never want to lie on stage does that make sense like I never want to like have to like do an act or like a character like if I'm not in that place and then uh yeah so I had to bring his luggage because he had books and I'd have to like do the credit card machines and like all that stuff and like hold up his merch. He would like talk over the loudspeaker and I would like hold up shirts. And then, um, yeah, so it was $80 to check the bag and I had to pay for the bag check fee because it was so heavy. It was like a hundred pounds, like a giant check on bag. You had to check yes. that to go on the road with him? Correct. Yes. <laughs> and then he would ask me to pick up his kids from school and I was like, oh, I guess it's like in Thousand Oaks. 
Like I didn't know. And then I talked to like Danny Eagle or someone. I was like, I was like, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of work, you know, it's like, <laughs> picking up the kid. And she's like, you're picking up his kid. I was like, yeah, he keeps asking like for no money. Like it was just wild. How like dumb. Imagine doing that to somebody. I can't. Well, I think that um, your work ethic is inspiring, Whitney. And I think <laughs> that you remind us all how how much we should be working. No, you, I feel like we have, I feel like every time we see each other, there's a little bit of a like, like I really admire how balanced your life at least like seems. It seems like when you're with your family, you're really able to be with your family. But then when you're on your, you're like 100% when you're on your podcast, you're 100% when you're on stage. Whereas I think I'm maybe a little more manic and a little more uh, addicty about work. And I think I also have- But you have way more money, which makes you happy. But I buy way less gold. (laughs) (laughs) If you were to sell all your gold, I feel like we might have the same amount of money. It's not that much. I mean, here's, I've I've been saving up for my collection and I just never take it off. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to be able to like, be able to just- wear whatever yeah and just be able to have but i mean you know what else rachel does the the goldsmith she'll do like half silver so it's cheaper so the silver will be here and then sometimes you know she knows when gold is cheap so i can like buy it you know gold always goes up and down so you kind of have to buy it during the lean times (laughs) if you know like i feel like my new definition of success is knowing like where like what the price of gold is You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're like gold, now is not the time to buy gold. Like, this is I a 20 even, year collection, Whitney. Okay, I don't even know where I'd find that. Like, is there an app? Like, I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, I I wouldn't either. She she tells me. I also probably have more money than you because I live in a part of town that is not a scam. <laughs> well, don't tell people where you live. I'm just telling. Oh, I, that ship is sailed. Um, but uh, I I feel like for me. I've taken a hit maybe socially or maybe like cool factor wise because I went, I moved to Studio City first, which was like when I moved there 10 years ago, it was the first house I ever bought. Everyone was like, 818, ew, like gross. Like, why are you living in the valley? I don't think that's a thing anymore. I don't think so anymore. Now that our friends are like having kids and want to get into certain like school districts, but that went up. I made so much money on buying in a place that was not desirable at the time. And then that paid for the whole day. And then I'm now in a place where a lot of people are like, where? So I feel like the key to being able to like save money is living in a place where people are like, why do you live there? Because I probably end up like I looked at places in your area and I was just like, this is a wild. It's just a wild amount. It's like really expensive. Um, well, please don't tell people where I live. I won't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Bel Air. Um, okay. I have so many questions for you. Yes, there is a picture of me on uh, uh, Instagram that almost made my lover leave me of me naked on a balcony. Can we you know, show this? Yeah. Because, you know, I also don't pay for hotels. I only do like how, paid partnership things like exchanges. So how do you do that? You just say, hey, do you have an influencer rate? This is your influencer yes. rate Yes. Thank you. W at W Berg Hotel. I heard that's a good hotel, by it's the way. It's a wonderful hotel. Great view. Yes. I mean, I, was, I wasn't talking about your pussy. That, I was wow. talking about rude, the actual rude, view of rude. New York behind you. Um, so I lasered that, all of that, when I was 25. So it's just gone? I regret it every day. You I'm, have no vagina hair. I'm freezing. 
None? Sometimes little Smithers hairs grow randomly, like a like scraggler. You were just like, take it all off. I. It was a time where that was the, th- you know, I was dating pedophiles. <laughs> no, I, I think it just was like shaving it. I would get like ingrowns and then I would panic and think it was like herpes. Then I'd go to the gyno, which was like $400 and I couldn't afford it. So I just was like. How many sessions to get it that bald? I guess it was like six maybe. Wow. Yeah. And did you get your legs done too? Legs too. But that didn't really, like my knees, that didn't stay. And that'll get random, like really long so ones. You out just of get like random long ones uh-huh. on your vagina and then your knees are really hairy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds worth it. <laughs> Back to ads. That's your casual break into ads? Yeah. You're just going, Back to ads! Yeah, I mean, good Isn't easy. this the first stop in ads? <laughs> yeah, but so I So we're mean- not going back to them, are we? I mean, like, back to... Oh, welcome to ads, everyone. Oh, okay, fine. Welcome to ads. Oh, no, I didn't want you to redo it. I was... Okay. Better help. We need it. Better help. Um, (laughs) We do need better help because Whitney's not here, so we have no literal help. Yeah. Um, So we're doing ads alone again. The patients are running the asylum. (laughs) (laughs) Better help. Listen, we were on the road recently. Duh. And um, we met... A therapist in in the wild who recommends not only good for you to their clients, but also better help. And if you don't, we talk about it a lot. We rambled mm-hmm. on about better help mm-hmm. for a couple years at this point. And if you don't believe us, please believe this licensed professionalist, professional, professional. Please, please. please tell me you got video. Yeah. Bro, cut video. Great. So I'm a therapist. Do you recommend good for you to clients? Oh, fantastic. Like so many episodes. I actually, I think last two weeks ago, I sent like six episodes to one client. I love that. How do you feel about better help? <laughs> uh, I looked into doing it, actually. I still haven't. No! You would, as a therapist, use better help? I would. Yeah! I would. This is going on the podcast. Therapist approved? Yeah. I have a couple of coworkers Amazing is what she was going to end that with. Yeah, but I was done. Um, <laughs> literally, that is a therapist that said he would not only use better help, but he looked into actually doing better help. That's and amazing. as we know, because we say it all the time, they're yeah. hiring in all fifty yeah. states. He has coworkers that work for Better Help. That I is, love it. I cannot think of a better better help uh, ad. A, a better better help ad. Amazing. We asked Ooh. you guys to do our ads, and now you are. So thank you very much. Yes. Better Help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's it could not, be that man. It's not a crisis line. It's not self help. It is a professional counseling done securely online. It really is. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Because finding the correct counselor is the most important yep, part. You got yeah. And your podcast. Were you gonna say something else? Yeah, I was just gonna say it's good to have a therapist who's in therapy. You know what I mean? And then you have a grandfather therapist. So that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like a back like um uh uh, what are those? A, uh, a Russian nesting yeah, doll. Yeah, a Russian therapist. nesting doll of therapy. Yeah. This it, podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and good for you listeners. Get ten percent off their first month at BetterHelp.com/slash Whitney. Speaking of Whitney, um, I was scrounging around her personal belongings, thinking that maybe we could make a profit off selling some of it on eBay. Wait a minute. To pay off our student I've loans. I've been doing this. No way. I've also been, I have a video of me in the airport. I've also been, I've been stealing her Starbucks cup that she licked all over. <gasps> and I've been selling them on Depop for a pretty little penny. Oh my God. Here we go. Let me see. 
You really shouldn't film yourself stealing things, but well, I'm I was glad, caught. I was I, caught. I'm glad we have it for this ad. Did you drink out of this? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna keep it. Why? I'm gonna sell it to yeah. pay off my student loans. No. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> no. Okay. Here, can I have your? Can I have your? Can I have your bra? I'm not wearing a bra. Okay. Can we get some and we'll just? Oh, can you sign a couple bras? I heard they they, they sell really good online. Is this where Especially my, if you sweat in them. Is this where my used underwear has been going? No comment. <laughs> Ernest. Enter Ernest. Oh, yeah. Give my coffee back. Yeah, she did suggest that instead of selling items like her, you know, hairbrush full of hair and this tissue she used, mm -hmm. which will be on eBay, mm -hmm. um, that I could just go to Ernest.com and refinance my student loans. That would be a much uh, smarter and less creepy thing to do in the airport. Yeah. If you saw that, I looked... Uh, I didn't look great. If you want to pay off your student loans faster, listen up. Ernest was voted best student loan refinancing. Ernest was voted best student loan refinancing overall by Nerd Wallet. Nerd Wallet. <laughs> <laughs> With Ernest, it only takes two minutes to see what your new rate could be, and there's no credit impact. And right now, Ernest is offering our listeners a hundred dollar cash bonus. Refinance your student debt at Ernest.com/Whitney. Not available in all states. <sighs> Once again, you'll get a $100 cash bonus when you visit Ernest.com slash Whitney to refinance your student loans. Stop selling your friends tissues. hair and tissues. Visit Ernest.com slash Whitney for more details. Not available in all states. Terms and conditions apply. Ernest Student Loan Refinancing made by Ernest Operations LLC NMLS number 1204917 California Financing Law License number 6054788535 Mission Street, San Francisco, California. 94105. Visit earnest.com slash licenses for a full list of licenses. Licenses. Ernest.com. Fix your life. Fix your life. I'm trying. Now back to Natasha. I have like <laughs> very aggressive nipple hairs. I don't know what part of my ancestry has this, but I did zap a couple nipple hairs. I did in between my eyebrows. Um, that's just so much work. Aren't you just always driving to appointments? I did it at a time when I didn't have a ton going on. I feel I did it at like 25, 26. Smart. Um, but here's what I will say. I went to my gyno a couple years ago and I always ask her like, what's the like word on the street? Like what are the hottest trends? Like is the Full, growing it out, all kinds of things like our G spot fillers. Is that real? Cause you hear that you can get your G spot injected with filler huh? so that you have an orgasm more easily. What? Yeah. You need to get on Reddit. Um, and then like, like vaginal rejuvenation and, and porn, um, there's a lot of, I was like talking about it in a special or something, how in porn, a, um, a lot of, people don't talk about how unrealistic it is because there's a lot of labiaplasties where they sort of cut off the labia and a friend of mine's daughter at 16 got with a guy for the first time. Obviously, 16-year-old boys now have seen way more, they've seen naked women before they ever see, in um, virtually before they ever see one in person, right? So they've only seen tons and tons of porn stars and then they see a real woman she got naked and he was like, ah, what is that? Like he like freaked out every girl's worst nightmare because number one, she had pubes and number two, she had her labia was longer than her pussy lips. And in porn, but that's not normal. In is porn, it? Well, like uh, at 16, I mean, I'm not a porn okay, star, no. but I don't think my labia <laughs> hangs lower than the lips. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Am I wrong? I think you might be. <laughs> Wait, Okay. <laughs> 
So this is your pussy. Yeah. Yeah, Whitney. Okay, hold on. Oh, so, I know why. Because you, you know have no saying? hair or anything. So yours is, you can see everything really yeah, good. Yeah, but if you... They, <laughs> okay, but okay. Should so, we just show them? Hold on. <laughs> this is now I really need to... If, Let's just do if it. This is, I need a Zoom call. Someone real quick. Okay, so, so what's this? this? Is your pussy. Okay, so that's your that pussy. surprisingly does kind of look like a clit. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to figure like out. Like a long clit. There's like a naked woman uh, bottle opener that I'm trying. So okay. if that's your pussy lips, that your labia can like come out to there. <laughs> I didn't. Dude, Emily no, agrees with me, Whitney. Does no one's labia? But I think it sounds cute. <laughs> Do I have a dick? <laughs> <laughs> Am I a hermaphrodite? What's yeah. happening? I know I today I look like carrot top transitioned, but no, I know your hair looks cute that color. Thank you. Um, look, vaginas are like snowflakes; they're all different. Uh, if your pussy was bald, are you telling me that I've never had a bald? I told you I did it once. And it hurts so bad. I because I, you waxed or I waxed. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, that's uh, that's sick. I think waxing. Is yeah, barbaric. I mean, I never did it again. Waxing is barbaric. No, me. I was wearing one of those like n- leg braces. It hurts. It, 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 I pulled my toe. It's too much. <laughs> that's too camel toe. And so, uh, anyway, but if yours hangs down, that's okay, Whitney. But it doesn't hang. The way you're saying it is making it sound like a turkey gizzard or like a turkey neck. No, the way you're saying it, it is making hang, it sound it like gently that. Gently peeks out. It sounds like it's just a cute little thing. Yes, it is. It's a. It tiny, sounds it's really like a cute. Drop. It's like a raindrop. It is a, it is a, it's like peak. It's, it's. Now, if we took that picture that you took at, at the hotel, your influencer picture and zoomed it, do you think we could maybe no. see? Are you trying to tell me? Wait, hold on. <laughs> that does look really cute. Okay. Are you trying to tell me? Whitney, you're not going to show your I do clitoris have to, right look, now, I are do you? have a couple pubes. Look. <laughs> okay. <sighs> it's not always out. I feel like, like I need to show you my C-section scar now. <laughs> did your um, abs tear apart? No, I did. Oh, I had some. No, I didn't have abdominal separation because abdominal separation is is when you ha- give birth naturally. It happens then. Yeah. Because a friend of mine worked with this trainer, Megan Trainer. It's on her Instagram and stuff. Who the who's a pregnancy trainer that does these things so that your abs don't split apart. Yeah, that, that happened happens. to Beyonce. Yeah. She's and I a, think they rebuild, they can yes, redo it or something. they like have to reattach uh, them or something. Well, hopefully Beyonce watches this and the next time she has a baby, she does her little plan C-section. Yeah, and like, listens to us. <laughs> um, we do have the same birthday, whatever. Um, but you've been inspiring me a lot because I think that for the most part, I like, I don't know, I feel like I've kind of been like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to adopt or I guess I'm going to just like buy a kid or whatever. So Creepy. how have I inspired you? You've inspired You're gonna me. You're going to use some of your eggs? Number one, I don't think I knew that you carried your child at 42. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I just have always, I just feel like you're 30 and you're still, I just feel like we're still 30 and it's just like a lot to process that we're not 30 anymore. Well, I, I will say that my doc, my gynecologist told me he said your uterus is a 10 out of 10. Oh. Ooh. So your uterus has like a rate. You know, like they can kind of rate your uterus. Your uterus got catcalled by your <laughs> But like it, is your uterus completely healthy? I mean, mm-hmm. someone who has who's 30 might have like a uterus that's like a 4 and it might I mean, I how don't do think you, it's sorry, a rating what, system. What is, is it how I don't know why the doctor said that. I, don't, I think he was just like you it's sturdy. You can you can ha- carry the child. But, you know, it, it doesn't How necessarily. Does he, what 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 was I the don't procedure know. or the know. exam that led to this analysis? 
I, I, I honestly think he was kind of coming on to me. I'm not going to lie. Concur. <laughs> You've been molested. Because. And Natasha's coming forward. This is an Andrew Yang's wife situation fully. <laughs> Jesus I Christ. don't know what happened there. I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm not up on that. It is a it is a deep cut, and I'm, it's definitely going to bring more attention to the cause. People, we'll be cutting that. People out. will be not. People, <laughs> we are not. A deep cut. We're cutting. I am drawing attention to a cause. Mm-hmm. I just did that, and you're not going to take my activism away from me. Well, I will say that, like, I am very happy that Me Too happened because I do think that, like, even like little things that have mm-hmm. happened to me, like, I remember this gynecologist. I was trying to have this baby and I was like also talking to this other gynecologist because it wasn't working out with this one and mm-hmm. a fertility expert and he found out and I remember he had his fingers inside me mm-hmm. and he was like, you're going to have to pick a doctor. But I remember like it was like really aggressive and his fingers were in me and I'm just like, a woman would not do this, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'm, I'm not saying it was traumatic, but it definitely like I was just that's the most vulnerable you can be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like in terms of like a doctor's appointment, you know, and I, and I just feel I just feel like people wouldn't do that. now. And then it's like, I think I think hundred dollars for that. Right. At least give me some uh, half off. You know, like make some part of this experience pleasurable. But but I love the idea of men being like paranoid, this extra layer now of paranoia. Mm-hmm. Like, what yeah. can I get away with? What can I, yeah. how can I treat people, you know, especially when I'm, when I get to like be touching or not get to, but like yeah. when my job is to like have my fingers inside them. I am like, full disclosure, this is a, a joke I've been doing, but it's about this and um, how when we were kids, we we got naked at every doctor. I mean, when I was a kid, you were naked at every doctor. Like now there's a chaperone at the gynecologist. There's like a nurse making sure everything's okay and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And when we were kids, we got naked at every doctor. And I feel like what happened is women started becoming doctors and they mm. they looked at the protocols and like, they don't need to be naked at the ear, nose and throat doctor. Like you psychos. You're like, it, so right. What we used to do with doctors is so wild when you think about it and so unnecessary and creepy and insane in the breast exams and the, um, but also just the bedside manner of, and this is part of the reason when I went to freeze my eggs, this happened. And I know this is going to sound like I'm some delicate flower and I can really handle a lot because I'm able to disassociate having had abuse in my childhood. Like I really can just like pretend it's not happening. Like I can block really horrific stuff out. And I know that's not, Great. Like how I blocked out our open mic that we did in like the late 90s. My sexual assault, you block out our hangs the way I block out my sexual assaults. (laughs) I'm not going to laugh at that. No, please. Come on. It's fine. That is when you're healed, when you can laugh about it. Well, I'm, I'm a sorry big fan. that happened I'm a big to you. fan of punching down. Um, and so... Oh, but I think that's a really great point that once women become doctors and women start... They're like, yeah, no, you can keep your clothes on for this. Like, I'll go to doctors and even I'll just start... And they're like, no, 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 you, you can wear a robe. We've got a robe for you. Not like a tiny post-it note, paper bib. Like, here's a robe and if you need to take your shirt off, we'll let you know. And now yeah. it's like... Remember, it used to be a gown that opened in the front. Now the it's like a smock that is closed in the front. I mean, just little things where you're just like, oh, this used to only be run by men. And it's just, it's wild to think about. The more women, everything, the better. They, uh, think about when there was, how many m- how many female producers were there in the 1930s? I mean, zero. No, it was and like, like women would Mae just, West for herself, yeah. You would have to like apologize to a producer if he tried to rape you, yeah, you know? Right. It's just like, it was awful. I was just reading in Gloria Vanderbilt's book, she was saying that, 
um, when she was little, she remembers, this is probably in the 30s, mm-hmm. the doct- her, her nanny took her to the doctor and the doctor wanted naked pictures of her as like a toddler. And then she remembers the doctor just putting him in a, in a, in a um, drawer in mm. his office with like his other naked pictures. And it's just like, you're right. Like men were just like, oh yeah, this is what we do. Yeah, and... I'm a doctor, Not all so men. I'm invincible. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, but name of your next special. Um, and, <laughs> and but to me, honestly, like the physical stuff, like I've gotten so numb around physical stuff at this point. But um, I've just gotten very desensitized to it, and I can completely like go out of body. But to me, the most traumatic thing that I heard when I was freezing my eggs was I had um, this amazing fertility doctor who was like very gentle. There's a woman and this other guy. And then there was an older man that one time when I went in and got an exam just to see if the eggs were growing, whatever, like the sonogram, the routine, every couple days sonogram to make sure the sizes are equal or whatever. He said, you know, well, since this is, this would be a geriatric pregnancy. And because all pregnancies over 34 are considered geriatric. That is a man who invented that. That and is it was so just like, obnoxious. It was just the kind of thing where I was like, I'm not a big like word person, secretary, assistant, whatever. Like I'm like, whatever. I'm happy to use any words, whatever. But I, it like, it really upset me because it was just like, oh, this is just like a weirdly archaic word. The irony is he was geriatric. The fact that he was using that. <laughs> but it just felt like a really unnecessary loaded word that... The term is 100% invented by a man. And I think you just have to like... I like... It'll 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 tr- it'll swap out. Like, totally. It like broke my spirit. It, it, it like it, it discouraged me and made me want to give up. And maybe that's just me and... and but it just felt like... 34. Imagine, like, a man who's 45 is, like, at the pinnacle of his career. And he's, like, you know, it's 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 just not equal. It's, it was just shitty. And maybe that was, like, an appropriate term 30 years ago or something. And now it's, like... Cause so, like, whenever anyone's, like, call me this number, you know, like, what it's always, like, if that word is upsetting to you, I'll change it. Like, I... I, I if... if, if calling you this or Mrs. or comedian or comic versus comedian, like anything anyone wants to change. I'm like, I because I remember that I had such a, I mean, maybe it was irrational, like like histrionic response to it. I was like sobbing. I was also on hormones and all kinds of stuff. So maybe I was like more sensitive, but I remember that just being so unnecessary. And I said, I will. He's like, I'm on my third family. I know. yeah, (laughs) But it was like, because I was 33 at the time. So he's like, because any pregnancy you have is going to be geriatric, basically, if you have it now. And I was like, I'm not planning on getting pregnant in like 10 years. Like, so I'm going to be geriatric. Like, it just was like a to me, a wildly archaic word. I was he, Like, he's got his fingers inside me. He doesn't care. But, like, that word felt so dismissive and unnecessarily rough. That Because yeah. to me, it's kind of more that kind of stuff that gets me. I'm sorry that that happened. But, you know, you're, you still seem very young. No, thank you very much. But it was just, like, one of those things that I was like, oh, this is, like, an institutionalized, ageist, sexist thing that needs to change. And I'm I'm, like, the first person to go, like, it's ages to assume that that guy's going to know the more gentle term. He's, an, you know, like, and I hate to just be like, I don't want to engage with that person anymore. But I was just like, if you can't ascertain that that's like hurtful or the, the if you if you don't know the weight of that word, you're just you can't read a room. And I felt very dis, it was like a very dismissive, nasty, like, just so you know, 
Well, that's why I always try to find female doctors. Yeah. You know, and I, I try to have just more women around me at all times. I know, honestly. And it's kind of like, um, and Moshe gets very mad at me and he's like, I'm sick of everything being, you know, you you split everything. I'm just, it's a phase I'm going through. I just want more women around me. Like, I mean, think about it. Like you're yeah. boarding a plane. Like, yep. do you want to sit by a woman or a man? Yeah. Last time I sat by a man, th- this guy was like, chewing sunflower seeds and spitting oh. them out in an old Diet Coke bottle. And then I was telling people and they're like, oh, that's just a baseball player. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like, that's fucking disgusting. And like, a woman would never do that. I saw a guy snort half of his nose into a plant the other day. Like, <laughs> he was walking down the street and he just had to like blow his nose. So he like, like held it and snorted it. It's like, women don't do stuff like that. No, of course not. I just want women around me right now. Even if they were at Lilith Fair surrounded by women and feeling (laughs) safe, like it's not, it's not, it just wouldn't happen. Also, I would say as people that are travel a lot, a hundred percent of the people on planes that watch YouTube videos, sound on, no headphones, Mm -hmm. are men. And I have, I mean, I have to be hall monitor. I am the hall monitor bitch on the plane. I'm the person that will just be like, excuse me, sir. Like people are sleeping. Like, oh, can you put, like I am always that bitch. And But now you don't want to do that because there's so many fights breaking out. Oh, I'm fine airplane. with it. Oh, it's my dream. I have a very deep um, uh, need to be on World Star. Desire to be violent. And if I have like an app, like I think part of the reason like I'm very effective as a rescue dog rescue or animal rescue person is because like, I would, I am that bitch that like, I mean, I'm, I mean, I come from like West Virginia, like Hatfield and McCoy, like ancestry. Like if I actually have a justified reason to uh, go berserk on someone, I'm like thrilled to be, I'm like, I got this stand down. Like I'm, I'm made for this and I don't get to do it ever. And like, this is actually like justified and I'm doing it for the right reasons instead of just like for the adrenaline and like love of the game. But because you're like a good Samaritan. Yeah, I have a lot of superpowers that are perceived as character defects, they call them in program, <laughs> flaws, limitations. Wait, some, what are your superpowers? Some people call it mental illness. Uh, <laughs> I, I call it a superpower. I call it a superpower <laughs> that would have served me very well 2,000 years ago. I just believe I was born in the wrong time period. I I should have been alive in like the early 1800s. Me too, Whitney. I would have been. That's you are definitely. <laughs> you should. You, I believe, yeah, should have just been like a queen. Or royal, don't you think? I mean, I probably was a prostitute. You think? That's that's what I just feel like. You're just bragging. <laughs> like people would pay to have sex with me. No, I feel like I was always low class. Really? Well, I just have like an association with like just like um, transcending your class. Or I don't know. That, that's just what I've always been obsessed with. You, like, because yep. I grew up poor and I was like, oh, I don't, you know, when I moved to LA, it was like s- the gap was so huge. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just, uh, it's it's just, it was like an obsession. Do you I guess. remember what the first really expensive thing you bought was? I mean, what do you call really expensive? I mean, actually, maybe this ring right here. Really? <laughs> Is that something like when you first this started is really making, old. like what was like the f- like first or a recent like just big purchase you made that was like I mean honestly the biggest thing I did was pay $21,000 to my student loans 
because huge. I started to realize I was paying yep. so much money in interest and I was like, Ridiculous. wait, if I just paid this off, mm -hmm. then, and then like, I remember I had like this Victoria's Secret credit card that was like $200 I owed on it, but I was paying like $70 a month. A month, crazy, crazy. <laughs> For like crazy. four years. Crazy. And then I was like, wait a second, I've given them thousands of dollars. All I have to do is pay this off. This so I think like paying off all your bills was like, that's a that big was, one. That That's was like where one. I just gave it all. Over. When you're like paying like off collections, when I yes, first and getting your getting your um, what's it called? Your credit score up. Byron Allen fixed my credit. He did. Yes. That's so nice I, of him. So whenever cool if anyone clowns on me, I still anytime Byron Allen calls, I show up. Whatever it is, not only he's he a brilliant businessman, and I'm always like, what do I invest in? Help me like understand where do I buy real estate? He's getting a star on the Walk of yes, Fame this is. week. Yes, he is. I know. I'm gonna try <laughs> to go to the luncheon thing. We met one time uh, about me hosting like one of his you know things I had no money and he was like so do you have a car and I was like no I don't I'm I, I'm gonna get one soon I'm borrowing one or whatever and he was like where do you live and I was like I'm in this apartment but like I was it was very clear that I was like not able to achieve a couple things and he just said he's like do you have a problem with your credit and I was like yes wait like, so how did he fix it I couldn't get a he car just called somebody? I couldn't get an apartment I couldn't get credit cards because I didn't have I, I had so many things in collections and the problem is once things are in collections it's hard to pay them even if you want to. I know. And I had been moving, so it's like I wasn't getting certain bills. Like, in, in order to have credit, you have to use a credit card a lot. So I had such low credit that I was like, okay, I'm just going to use cash and a debit card. But then you're not building credit. So like an idiot, for two years, I only used a debit card. And so your credit actually goes down. You want to be charging stuff to a credit card and paying it off consistently. That's how you build credit. He... Wrote on a piece of paper a guy's name, Michael Farhang, F-A-R-H-A-N-G, called him and he slowly like figured out where my bills were, like paid those off and he got like literally fixed my credit in like Amazing. two weeks. Amazing. It changed my life. Oh, by the way, do you know how I moved to LA? I was in New York. I lived in Harlem. It was like a windowless apartment. I was really depressed and I was like, it was like right before 9-11 and I, Chase Manhattan Bank sent me a letter and they were like, you've just been given $5,000 in overdraft protection. Do you know what that is? That just means that you can just write checks for up, for up to $5,000. So I just started writing checks. Like I wrote a check to a rental car place in LA. I got an apartment oh no. and I just like wrote all these checks and then I, I was able to move to, <laughs> to LA. But that's another thing. Like I, you know, I didn't understand how much I would have to pay back. The most fucked up shit is when you overdraft because I remember putting my stuff on auto and so I mean I had seven dollars for like three years but I remember when I started having like two hundred dollars three hundred dollars and you're paying off your phone bill and sometimes it'll charge automatically if you haven't like put in a deposit and it would overcharge so if you like overcharge twenty dollars it'll charge you like fifty dollars it's like I couldn't afford the twenty dollars like why like it's such a fucked up system yeah I know well, I remember like being you live the, in a palace now at the Bank of America <laughs> on Sunset near the Rock and Roll Ralphs in like Fairfax and like crying to this like Armenian woman and being like, I'm dating an Armenian guy. Can you please? Because I was at the time. I was like, can you please like wave this? And he would like come in and like talk to her about what she say? Because you know, they would talk about the Armenian genocide. And I'd be like, that's terrible. The Holocaust gets so much more press than that. And then she would wave my fee. 
Wow. Not enough people do talk about the Armenian genocide. I mean, that is one major thing I learned from that. Well, yeah, it, being poor is very hard. A nightmare. By the way, you know that I, I wrote on the top of my list of questions for you. Uh, Natasha Leggero has the best laugh in comedy and has single-handedly kept mediocre comedians doing comedy much longer than they should. What does that mean? <laughs> just because of your laugh. Because if you laugh at the, Oh, because I'm laughing? Well, just you have this amazing laugh and it's probably encouraged so many mediocre guys to keep doing comedy longer if than they should. guys are continuing... <laughs> I mean, it's not a fake laugh. No, I don't think it's fake at all. But if, like, you get one... I mean, I derived so much self-worth from if you like if you laugh at something it really keeps people going that's nice Whitney I know it's a really nice thing to say you're showering me with gifts you're I know showering me with compliments. I'm kind of the best who do you get relationship advice from you're someone that gives relationship advice a lot on your podcast who do you get it from who do you go to um uh, well, I started seeing a couples therapist okay. because, you know, the pandemic. Were you kind of a, did you have a boyfriend during the pandemic? I had a, yes, I had a lover. Not a live-in situation. Mm, everything was like live-in all I of a know, sudden. I know, you know? I know. I just feel like, you know, I, emotion I never fought. And then all of a sudden, like having, because we were always like gone. Like, you know, yeah, he was on the good, road. Good space. I was on the road. Yeah. You know, it was like. Yeah, good space. And then all of a sudden, it's like this person is next to you, like drinking their chips in, in, from a bag. Okay. Like, and I know it's like you must have done this before because you have a straw. Like, what? Or, or you, you mean know, the crumbs out? Yeah, the like straw? just like just it yeah. was. It was like, oh, I can't do this. Like, I, I didn't know this was part of it. But you sure. know, it's just the it, honestly, it's the pandemic. I, I it's really definitely think. more sanitary. And I would rather someone no that drink was just, their chips. <laughs> it was just like the e. <laughs> with which he was just like, you know, just like drinking it. And it was just like, oh, this is what goes on when I'm in, you know, Albany. Albany. But here's what I'll say. I can't stand things that are so crazy that the person that calls them out seems crazy. So I have a thing where if you have a bag of chips and you you put it on a plate, and you eat the chips. When someone is putting their hand in chips over and over again, I'm like, do you not hear how loud? Like, how do you not? That's a, Would one, you deal with drinking them? Like the the end of the bag? I I am a, I do drink my cereal milk. And that's different. I, uh, what kind of chips? <laughs> I'm sorry, that matters. Very flavorful, like flavor bomb. Like probably so he's like- trying to eat the, and like the, like see, the, the Funyun, like, the Bugle, the, okay, the, the I, Salsa Verde, okay, Doritos, okay. special. When I eat pretzels, I do lick my finger and eat the salt at the end. Mm. Well, you know what? Let's not ever live together Look, during, the pan- during our next pandemic. It's, I, is it the noise or is it just the like desperation for I would it? say it's the entire package, Whitney. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. <laughs> It's the tableau. Yeah, yeah. I'm a trash And also it's happening in bed. Person. Is no eating in bed. Absolutely. Is that, not. A, is that see now that Casey Wilson and her husband eat full meals in the bed. I don't get it. Well, we used to have bed picnics and that was fun pre-pandemic. It's like, oh, downtown mm-hmm. Abbey's on. Let's order Indian food mm-hmm. and like set up a picnic. Like, I'm okay with that. But you don't I don't want my bed to smell like non. I know what you mean. <laughs> How could you do this? This is so out of character. I feel well, like you know, that, that was, those were the old days. Crumbs in the bed? I know. Well, I, w- I would put a whole blanket out. I would like do a blanket like. blanket over the bed. Yes. 
Okay. And like little, like, you know, like little um, bed trays. But anyway, uh, couples therapy helps, mm-hmm. I think. Um, how? how does it help? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they tell you good stuff. And also it's, it's nice. It's nice to like bring something up to a third party. Yes. Like before you even tell the person. Sure. Although the other day... We had a couples therapy appointment and we had had a fight like two nights before. And then we had we totally made up. We had an amazing anniversary. Yep, yep, yep. I know it's I- And then we had couples therapy and it was just like he just unleashed it and uh-huh. I was just sitting there and then he was like, "Well, I and I, afterwards I go, I I can't believe all this stuff." And he's like, "Well, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't forget everything. So I made a list, you know, and he's like, I, I just, cause I, I always forget cause everything's always good when you're taught. So, you know, I was kind of blindsided by that, but I, I but I do it. So I, I'm okay to like bring things up to a third party. I think that can be very helpful. I just feel like scheduling it in advance, like, well, we're not in a fight today. And then they're like, well, three months ago. And you're like, I know that's the problem. Mark Maron used to have the funniest joke. I remember because I used to open for him in like La Jolla and stuff. Did you have to pick up his cat somewhere? I did that. You know what? I did not. Um, But I do remember one night. This was actually, I think, the funniest shit I've ever seen him do. He was on stage in La Jolla. He was going through like a divorce. It was an intense time. And he got to the point in his set where he's like sitting on the stage. He'd gone for like an hour and a half. It was like La Jolla. The second show starts at 10. It was like, midnight and he said like if you guys want to go you can leave but I'm going to keep going and like half the people got up and left and he just kept going I just thought it was so funny because he wanted to do like two just, hours like, just this is not going to end anytime soon if you guys want to head out good for him and I'm not this isn't really about comedy anymore I'm just trying to kind of like I'm, I'm like the opposite I'm like I'm going to be doing 20 minutes less <laughs> and you can have your money back but I'm leaving Um, wh- where am I going with this Couples therapy? Oh, yeah. It's like if... You said that Mark had like... Oh, yeah. About... He just had a joke about it at the time. Like that scheduling was, When it. you go into couples therapy and you leave and you have to get in the car together and you're like, what the fuck was that? Like just how instantly... <laughs> right. now it's Zoom, so you're like nuzzled up next to each other. Like, right. And you're just like... Boop, and it's like, well, she did this two months ago and you're like, what the fuck? Like, are you doing? You know, it's just sort of like, where did that come from? You know, so to me, it's like as someone that is trying to like ease out of therapy I feel like I maybe have over therapized slightly um I do think though for a lot of people individual therapy is sometimes if you're not working on your own shit just coming to the couples therapist is like well that's because you're rigid and you know codependent in this but you have to take care of that separately like this person can't fix our childhoods right now Exactly. But, but, you know, they can, they can really help you work on the relationship. Like just the other day she said to us, she said, well, cause he, you know, there's all these issues, how you want the other person to be. Yeah. She's like, well, what about thinking about the kind of partner you want to be and just being that partner? Yep, yep, yep. And I feel like, you know, just trying to make that shift a little bit helps. Like, would you want to be married to you? Like, right. Because, you know, I, and I, and I do feel like, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like this? Like, I, I just feel like since the pandemic, like I, I really am having a hard time keeping my buoyancy. <laughs> I, I feel like, and I don't know if women are absorbing more of the trauma, but mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm kind of in mourning for the world in a way. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm still very selfish, obviously, but I just feel like I, I'm just feeling very heavy. Mm-hmm. And um, I just feel like, you know, if this was a history book, it's like, okay, now we've just started this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like we're on down. Like, I yeah. know, but that's very negative. But I don't know how to like get past it. Is it, um, do you feel like, do you consume a lot of news? 
It's more like a feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you an empath? Like, em- like an? I know that's such a like. Maybe like I have astrology like word overactive like, empathy or something. I just mean do I don't you take know. on you know for me if I'm in New York I, with I'll walk five blocks and then and be emotional and just be cr- like I will I get emotional just walking around New York City because I will absorb other people's like sadness and str- I just take it on. It's like, but you it's almost like you don't even need to yes that too. But then look around you. Yeah. I mean, go drive down Hollywood Boulevard. It's yeah. like there's homeless people everywhere. Clo- yeah. Stores are closed down. Yeah. Like you know. Uh, I just feel like, but the irony and, and this rich is, people are getting richer. We're all addicted to our phones. Like something's like not mm-hmm. like it just feels very dark to me. And yeah. I'm not exactly sure how to just pretend like it's not. But maybe it was it was going to be this bad before the pandemic. And as someone that is uh, like a to a fault, like devil's advocate, just because I don't like my brain just does that. I'm not happy about it. It's like my fatal flaw. But you know as horrific as it's been, it also, they're saying that the only reason the ozone layer is going to heal in any capacity is because all of us being shut down. And it was just sort of like the environment. That's a way nice of, way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it was like for people to stop driving and planes to stop flying for a year is like the only way we were going to have any kind of healing of the environment in any capacity, you know? So it's like, that is, I don't know, my brain always has to like go to find some like positive so that I don't. And spiral. What's the positive to my child being masked and not under not seeing expressions? Or <laughs> I guess for me, the, what what I've seen as someone that is not a parent and doesn't understand at all. I think that as I've watched so many of my friends mourn their child children in masks and they're on Zoom and they're not socializing in person and stuff like that. I think that we have this like narcissistic need to make our offspring have the exact same Mm. life we had Mm -hmm. I think that they are being well prepared for their future (laughs) they are by the way for which is the end of civilization so for end times you know not like or not because if let's be honest none of us need to be driving to those interviews and auditions all day so if zooming a little bit more and being on your phone instead of like driving and seeing each other in person like Kids are having sex way later. They're doing way less drugs. They're doing way less destructive, dangerous things. Like kids, I mean, I, yes, I do have a whole thing about this. So I've thought you should write a book on on motherhood with before you have kids. But I'm just saying, I just, I, you know what? If, if you guys would just listen to me as someone that has never had a child, but that's, but I feel like it's helpful because I can actually be like have some perspective on it is that people like kids are on their phones all day. It's like, okay, we were on merry-go-rounds and seesaws and falling off of monkey bars. I mean, they basically like duct taped us into the car. Like there was no like car seats. Like I just feel like Everything is just... That's what I'm saying. Everything is safer now. Kids are safer than they've ever been. Like, the the, tr- the negative trends that we experienced are completely reversing with mm-hmm. them. The idea, it's like, they don't go out and socialize. Okay, they're not going to get pink eye and head lice? Like, who gives a shit? Like, how is that? Like, you're I just... Right. I believe that progress is progress. Okay, fine, Winnie, you're right. I'm just saying, I don't think it's as bad as we think. I think that we've gotten a little bit spoiled. And number one, we want them to, like... What, we want them to play Twister? Like or, You're going to Mars, aren't you? I'm not. I'm good. <laughs> I am I am going to Toledo <laughs> next week. Whitney Cummings. Whitney, that tour is intense. <laughs> it's very intense. Oh my God, you should be the first comedian to go to Mars. I'm. You got it in you. No, I'm good. Whitney, Sh- do it. Shatner just go to Mars? Mm-hmm. Okay, no. I already have enough CBS drama. Um, 
I, I don't think, I think that it's a natural proclivity for a parent to like look at how much better they can parent. And I think that's positive and that's why we've evolved to, you know, be, that's your superpower to be hypervigilant. But I also think that like, our without phones was we used to walk around the mall for five hours with no money and just like flirt with men and shoplift like you know, know what I'm saying like I don't I, don't. I used to play a game where we were like let's shoplift into in the seventh store like we would like pick a number I remember p- Claire's boutique I, like oh Claire's putting rings in my mouth hundreds of dollars <laughs> I used to put toe rings in my mouth you put them in your mouth too I, I stole from Natural Bridge in West Virginia. And guess what? I stole Native American jewelry. Already stolen stuff. I stole. You know how fucked up that is? You really put the thing in your mouth? Oh, yeah. I put little um, uh, turquoise like horses in my mouth. Yeah. It was just fun to figure out how we could steal. Benton used to work at Sephora. And he said that the way women shoplift lipstick is they turn it up and bite off the top and leave it in their mouth. By the way, we used to have, we sh- used to share an agent. I won't say who, but he said. Is it BS? Yes. He wasn't an agent. What was he? He was like an assistant. Okay. Well, he, anyway. He, 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 which by the way, whenever I would call him be like, hey, can I get an audition? He'd go, you want me to get you a job in the mailroom? Wait, he was an assistant? He was like an assistant. He wasn't even a real agent. Okay. Well, he told me he used to be, he used to be security at Sephora and would just let people leave with stuff. He was also <laughs> a security he, guard at Sephora while he was uh, <laughs> to be very clear. Every time I called, it was, it did sound, sound busy. I'm like, what is the, why is Groove Theory playing in the background? Um, okay, yes, but you're supposed to let them go. You're not allowed to stop them physically. Oh, Benton, really? Benton explained why. You're supposed to just let them go because if you touch them, it's illegal for some so reason. So then what do you do? What's the point no, of you knowing? Just let them go. They just, uh, uh, Benton said that one time, so people will shoplift uh, or they'll buy something and then return it. And when someone returns something, you have to open it and check it. And one time this woman returned La Mer, like the most expensive cream you can buy. And he opened it and smelled it and went, ma'am, this is mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) For real? She had filled it with mayonnaise. So so people will buy creams, they'll take the cream out and then refill it with mayonnaise. How how would he even think of that? Because they all have to, because it's so common. Like the way he talks about, the, and women would shoplift with their toes. They would like just steal stuff with their toes and then put it in their shoes. Like, and you would just watch it and let them go. Wow. Yeah, you can't confront them about it because of some like law. Well, I feel very blessed that I never got arrested, and I'm glad that that was a phase. And mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm a little ashamed of it. When I was a kid, there were kids would have casts that went from the foot to the dick. I mean, there were casts with metal bars, like. Kids were getting injured in a way that I don't see kids in casts anymore. Like, I don't see it. People are like, they're on their phone too much. It's like, okay. We had, I mean, my high school, like the, it was like a World War II movie. There were, there were um, crutches. Kids would, like, when's the last time you saw a kid on crutches? Right. Or with any kind of injury. We would like fall off monkey bars and like jungle. We would climb 50 feet in the air and like hang upside down off monkey bars. But but how do we know that that by, you know, helicoptering around and hovering around our children that they're going to turn out better? I don't think they I don't I, I just I just in general think that they're safer than they've ever been. But it's our instinct to always look for danger. So there's no like not as much actual danger like kids aren't falling out of tree houses and all the kind of like fucked up shit that we did. And 
we ate glue and stuff like that. Now kids are just like playing Fruit Ninja, you know, and we're like, it's they're not as social. But I think in general, in-person contact is going to be less and less. So I think that the Zoom school and all that kind of stuff is probably going to make the kids better adapted for the world they're going to live in. Yeah. Because viruses and pandemic, this is going to just keep happening in different iterations. Cool. Cool. <laughs> but we're going to adapt. You know what I'm saying? It was like in the beginning, cars didn't have seatbelts and there were more car accidents than there are now. And then we'll have self-driving cars. So less people are going to die in accidents. Like it will fix itself, you know? But I think that watching so many parents, first of all, the the thing that was really embarrassing to watch is when the pandemic happened, like a couple months in, people are like, I have to Zoom with my kids and it's so stressful and it's so hard. And it's like, so you just hung out with your kid. You find, you find, so that's what teachers have to deal with 500 of those motherfuckers every day. Like you just met your child and realized your kid's a dickhead. You know, it was like watching parents complain about that was like odd. And then, and I, I it's just, I think that we're over pathologizing this amazing no miracle. you're right and i and i think it's, it's very a miracle you can find the your internet? kid yeah you can find your kid whenever you want we didn't we left school and like i know walked home i know just in the dark <laughs> well you, i didn't do that but maybe that's what you're well, yeah in dc <laughs> in washington dc i would walk home like it was like i, I just feel like it's uh, it's wildly less dangerous but it's you know, we're wired to look for danger and only look for the negative, which is why we proliferate as a species. But I think we are, it, it's probably just hard to see. Well, I think that's very good to look at the positive, Whitney. You disagree. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, for for me in particular, like even though it was hard on my relationship, mm -hmm. I think for our family unit, it was really healthy. And yeah. like, I mean, we had dinner seven nights a week together and had conversation. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would have like, had someone helping me probably 50 hours a week and mm -hmm. that, those were 50 hours I was spending with my child <laughs> yeah. but it made us you know just because I was work that's the problem it's like as a woman if you want to have a career you have to kind of you yeah. know hire people to help yes, you yes. or you can't do it all that's right so you know I, Which I always often say is better for the kid too because the more primary caretakers they have the better like like children are we are wired to be in a village and have aunts and grandmas and a bunch of women taking care the whole thing of like one woman taking care of her child is like wildly new and most cultures don't do it and we're supposed to have sisters and uh, like we're not all supposed to be on different coasts and have our mom on one coast like yeah. we, we're all supposed to be in one place and we've changed that so it's like the same thing with food allergies and stuff it's like we've evolved to be able to digest certain foods our body hasn't caught up to like flying bananas from Florida to Portland yeah. you know it's sort of like we're sort of made to eat the things which is why when you eat local honey your allergies get better because it's like we're just wired to be able to digest the things that are in our proximity I think the same thing with kids where women are why are supposed to have help yeah uh, that's help is good yeah and kids are supposed to just socialize with other kids in the family but but there's no way that kids today have not been hearing like morbid talk you know it's very hard to shield them like my child who's three said to me the other day she's like mom can we be buried in the same graveyard and oh. i just feel like I try not to talk about like I was like like I was like don't ever 
talk about dying or like the nanny kept talking about coronavirus. I was like, can we please not talk about this in front of her? But then it's like, do I shelter her? Now it's like, you know, she tried to kiss her friend on the lips the other day and I was at soccer and I was like, no, like from the sidelines. And she looked at me like her whole face fell and she didn't understand what she did wrong. And, you know, I just feel like there's just a lot of psychic, even yes. though she's only three, maybe she won't remember it, but it's just like a lot of this, like, don't do that. Don't do that. You yeah. know? And, and, and I'm trying to like, temper it but it's still it's like I don't know it's it's just it's really hard but terrifying hard I know? bet but and I just feel you, bad that they're so like more you know they're so in touch with death I guess I mean I I saw old yeller when I was like five <laughs> you know what I'm saying I mean I I just I just feel like if you had older siblings all you heard was I'm gonna kill you you're adopted you're not a real you know what I'm saying like I just I feel like I got so much of that. I watched Tom and Jerry. I mean, I used to like hit people with hammers like I from watching cartoons. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess I just. And also all of them like lying about Easter money and Santa. I think a lot of the stuff that we think is OK, at least in my experience, was weirdly traumatic. And all the things that I think everyone assumed would be traumatic was weirdly fine. Does that make any sense? Yes. Like I, I, I was, think I think you're right. I'm sure. I was like some of the most trauma I had as a kid was not even like falling or hurting myself or like having, you know, whatever, all the weird shit I did and the things I ate and whatever, but uh was like hearing that Wait, didn't you tell me that you when you were yeah, little, you I, went when I was like you seven found like Valium? Old, I ate yeah, I ate like basically it was basically like a Percocet. It was like five hundred milligrams of like Percocet and I ate it. And like flatlined and they had to put charcoal down my throat to get it out like a poison control oh thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And like it, there's definitely but there's I definitely remember almost drowning. Wow. Like just like the parent like in an above ground pool. Like sure. I remember like trying to gasp for air and they were all like having fun. And I, I think it was just. But here's what I'll say. I think that there like, was more joie de vivre. <laughs> when you look back at all of the things that really were like snapped. Like I remember one of the most traumatic things that I've ever that happened to me at least that left a mark was being at a friend's house at their pool. I was probably like seven or eight and I was a chubby kid. I was chubby. As you long. were. Yeah, I was chubby. I'll show you pictures until I was like. 11 or 12 and then I got an eating disorder thank god like an adult um and I remember this woman I was eating grapes and she was like you know that grapes are the most high calorie fruit it was obviously an older woman with eating issues and she wouldn't let me have remember those magic middles um Keebler elves it was like a cookie with mm -hmm. like chocolate like fudge inside and I ate like two and she was like you can't have any more and this was someone else. Like, my mom wasn't there. It was a parent. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you never know. She said that because you were chubby? Because I was chubby and I was, like, eating too much. And she was, and then she said the best, uh, there was, like, ketchup. And she was like, oh, the lowest calorie condiment is mustard. You should always put mustard on your food. This was obviously a woman that was traumatized in whatever way and had issues with her body. Who cares? But, like, the way that she accidentally kind of did damage my mother could never have controlled my father like no one I just feel like there's a point where you're like I don't know I, I'm such in a place of like adversity all the things that really hurt me made me stronger like looking back and I feel very grateful for all my adversity because I think it gave me a lot of superpowers that a lot of my friends that had like very gentle delicate attentive perfect childhoods oh my kid's gonna be fucked or uh, why because i'm so like perfect. always like i'm like always trying to create like this like narnia atmosphere around her and like you know making sure like 
Like, like Moshe and I, like, we love her so much. Like, we'll fight over, like, who gets to, like, oh. come into her room in the morning. He's like, I was going to do it. And I'm like, I want to do it. Like, like we but just... I have a song prepared. <laughs> we just like her so much and love her so much. And it's like... I didn't have that. I mean, I know my parents loved me, but like they certainly weren't like knocking each other out of the way so Here's they could like say. wake her up from her nap. She's going to be incredibly well adjusted. She's just not going to be as successful as you, <laughs> but she'll be fine with it. <laughs> I do find I just that, wanted to compost Whitney. Yeah. Look, I, I feel like and have a podcast. She's going to be in such a radically different world. I mean, I people that are four years younger than me. I feel like they're 50 years younger than me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like the generations are getting tighter and tighter. It used to be like every 10 years, there would be kind of a difference in people. Now I feel like it's so quick, right? It like, yeah. I was, there's a new dating app. I was talking to someone, I was like, oh, is it Hinge? And they're like, no, it's like Bopple or whatever. And I was just like, when did that start? And like, it's just so quick that someone two years younger than me that feels like 10 years younger than me now, that her life, whatever's happening for her, I do feel like is preparing her for the reality she's going to live in that we can't even conceive at the moment. You know? Yeah. I mean, maybe masks are kind of here to stay. Hand washing and sanitizer is like here to stay. You know, all these things that I think, you know, look, we had headgear. I, I Like I think about when like we had a little cloth mask, like we had metal fish hooks like barbed wire yeah. like I would roll over and like impale my neck wait we slept in that headgear we right we slept in barbed wire hats <laughs> <laughs> the cloth masks are probably fine you know what I mean I remember that like I, they just phase that I mean speaking of doctors taking photos and just slipping them into a random drawer I feel like that I have not seen a kid in headgear since yeah, I don't know. Maybe they've stopped that. That was just an S&M, like straight up <laughs> sex game. It was never necessary. There's no way we had to wear half a basketball hoop in our mouth. There's just no way with like a scrunchie. Back to ads. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that was great. Uh, where, is the Wicked movie still hiring? <laughs> okay, we're back to ads again. Back it's Brooke Linen. Oh. Brooke Linen. Love Brooke Linen. Which I would much rather be in my bed in my Brooke Linen because it's hard to leave. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to leave that I just, we just started taking it with us on the road. Smart. Yeah, so I have, uh, this is me harassing Whitney about my Brooke Linen because I do need more of it. So chop, well, chop, Whitney. Let's take a look. This, this is Brooke Linen. I wanted to come show you. Me too. It. See, that's how you know it's <gasps> Brooke Linen. Take look, it off right I'm gonna now. Show you, I'm going to show you all the ways I can Is my shirt, my shirt is not Brooklyn. Do you see this? And I'm still, look at this. <laughs> I'm so comfortable because I have on Brooklyn. <laughs> can I tell you something? These sheets are not Brooklyn and it's a bummer. It is a bummer. That's why I brought this shirt because it feels like I'm wearing the sheets at all times. Can you take that shirt off and put it on my pillowcase so I can pretend I have Brooklyn in sheets? I think that Brooklyn has made you too comfortable. I think you're too comfortable. Do you know how you just storming in when I'm trying to sleep? That's too comfortable. Sheets, loungewear, candles, another sheets. Literally, that was me barging into Whitney's hotel room to show her all the ways I could use my Brooklyn in because I was so excited about it because I got the lounge set yeah. in and it's incredible. And you know what? There's no such thing as too much comfort. And if you could use a little more, you're in luck. Brooklyn's biggest sale of the year is here, which means serious savings on essentials for creating your dream space. This sale is big news for comfort. Brooklyn's entire side of super soft, seriously coziest 
essentials are on sale right now. Shopping doesn't get any easier than Brooklyn and bundles. Save more when you stock up with essentials for your space. That's Now's true. the time to get gifting with deals on items for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping scents for a candle lover or grabbing a gift card, aka the gift that keeps on giving, this kind of holiday comfort is always a hit for the holiday. Don't miss out. Brooklyn's biggest sale of the year is here. Listening after the sale, you still can save. Visit brooklinen.com and use promo code Whitney for $20 off of the minimum purchase of $100. Okay, that's, well, you ruined that, but uh, that's B R O O K L I N E N.com, promo code Whitney. That was great. Um, So I couldn't help but notice during that Brooklyn and Addie were in Whitney's hotel room. Do you barge in on her a lot? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I, but sometimes I'm not always ready for what I find. Oh God! So I did happen to. I wanted to barge in, bring her, um, you know, like a drink. Right. I was like, I got these drinks for us. No, it would be right, fun right. to chat. Right. And when I broke in, right, uh, right. this is what I found. It's me, Chalker. I know that you are um, pretending to be tired, but I want to show people. I want to show people what you what you travel with. Why? Because people like are interested in that. Oh. Old. This is old. What's old? Gluten-free crackers. Disgusting. Hey, how do Look you... At... Don't touch my stuff. What is this? Why do you have lube? Huh? Do you have lube? Are you traveling with lube? Where is the lube? Stay out of my business. Where are... Is that what you're putting on your face instead of uh, grapeseed oil? No, I might get lucky. Literally, you've been putting this... What have you been doing with this? Are you putting that on your nipple it before is shows? It's your business. It looks like nipple juice. No, this is lube. It has CBD in it. Uh-oh. And yeah, sometimes I will put it on my nether regions and hump the stool while I'm on stage. <laughs> your intimate areas. <laughs> no, I have it because, so, you know, I might get lucky. My guy might come with me on tour. But look, you I... You want that stool to slip in, though? Ugh, here's the thing. I got to be honest. I'm 39... In my day, you just didn't have orgasms. It just wasn't wasn't really a thing. He but, had an orgasm, but in the but, and then I realized like, oh, the, that's an option. And then I didn't know how. And then you got to have the lube with the CBD in it, relaxes you, chills you out. Because the key to, I mean, this is so dirty to say right now. I'm so tired, and I'm on a sleeping pill, and you know that, and you're taking advantage of me. But I think this is a good lube for you to travel with because when they see it, they go, oh, it's from her apothecary. <laughs> it's from my apothecary. Yeah, and they just let you go my right on through carry. it. You're a pussy You get what you get, and you don't <laughs> get upset when you dig through other people's belongings. You found your boss's lube. Yeah, for the seventh or eighth time. Yeah, too bad we don't have an HR department. Now, I'm the HR department. Oh, I have to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Who is for you? Who? Foria is using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. Foria has a serious cult following with tens of thousands of people who have had their sex lives transformed through using their products. And they have really cool products. You know they have um, lube capsules that you like insert and they dissolve inside of you so you're ready when you're ready? I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yes, you have Whitney's permission to try this. She fully endorses you. Go ahead and treat yourself to more, deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it and as often as possible. You can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash Whitney or use code Whitney at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com slash 
forward slash Whitney for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal Oil and Sex Oil. You'll thank me later. It's Euphoria. <laughs> Get it? Euphoria. Yeah, I got it. Okay, good. The, the products are really cool, though. They really are. And now back to this euphoric interview between two badass ladies. Ooh, nailed it. Natasha and Whitney. We should head back now. Go, go back. Back to the interview. Come on, go back. I do feel like, like whatever. It's not the world that we want to live in. Like we don't want to wear masks all day. But the sooner they get desensitized to it, the less traumatic it's going to be. I think it's traumatic for us, but not necessarily for them because they don't know anything else. Do you think? Yeah. Is that crazy? No, no. I, I mean, I hear you. I mean, it also depends on your kid. Like my kid's extremely social, so she would just be like staring out the window for a year and a half, being like, "Hi, window." Uh. You know, and and so and not other kids. Other kids. Headlights. You know. <laughs> Pink eye. But now she gets to, you know, socialize a little bit. And yeah. With, even though she's, you know, wearing a mask sometimes. So, yeah. you know. My thing is, for anyone's behavior during the pandemic, drop the charges. We were all, like, in fight or flight mode. You I were mean, bleeding a lot. I <laughs> barely survived. I discovered edibles. I didn't brush my hair. I mean, I looked like Courtney Love for a couple months. Wait, you discovered edibles during the yes, pandemic? Yes, I had never really done any what's your drugs. What's your takeaway? Um, well, you still a fan? I still have a giant bump on the side of my head for passing out on that wall. You passed out from the edibles? Uh, yes. So we were on an IG Live, Benton and I. I took the blueberries, which are, it is Russian roulette because. Do you know how many milligrams? I think they're like five or ten, and I—that's not a lot. But I love—I I just thought it was like e eating blueberries. Oh, so you took probably yeah, like, I had five. like five or six? Because my thing with the edibles is I get too impatient, and I'll take one, and I'm like, yeah, this isn't working, and then I'll do it. I'm like, I got a dud. Well, when you go to Amsterdam, they tell you like they have those space cakes, and they're like. Apparently, like everyone who, like a very common thing in Amsterdam is people jumping out of windows because they take half of the space cake, nothing happens. They're tourists. They eat the rest of it. They go crazy. It is kind of a slow, it sucks. It's like you don't want to be high in three and a half hours. You're chill, you're chill. Then you're like on another planet. Yeah, I hear For you. me, like I just think that with the waiting and then my brain, I can pretty much do everything. I just, because of stand up, like I've just never really drank. I've never really done drugs. Like it's just like we work at night. You know? Yeah, but also it's the one job where people are like, can I get you a drink? Uh, would, would you like, I know, would you like some so weed? True. Can we? It's I mean, wild. people are like pr like trying to ply you with alcohol from mm -hmm. the second you get there. So Yeah, and I feel like that's, but in LA you have to drive. Like in New York, you can right. walk from spot to spot. But for me, it was always like, I'm going to go to another spot or I have to drive somewhere, you know? And I just, I guess I just, I grew up around so much alcoholism that by the time I was an adult, I was like, dude, if you just don't drink, you can get twice as much done. So my workaholism always eclipsed any, eclipsed any desire for like a substance. Well, you know yourself very well. Yeah, you? I did. I feel like you have really good therapists. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> That is so funny. She's amazing. She has, must have great therapists. <laughs> well, you just feel very like self-aware and, you know... I've happy and well, you you're looking knew, at the I mean you've known right me side. from pre-therapy days it wasn't great but you're know. also not a judgmental person I think you you tend to see the best in everyone and you keep a very safe healthy distance from people hmm. you don't agree 
I mean, I like that you think that. You said once something that no, the reason I rationalize us not being close friends is that you <laughs> keep a safe, healthy distance from people. <laughs> so if this isn't true, I feel rejected. You said once something that blew my mind. You were waitressing and doing stand up, and then I think maybe shooting something. And I remember. I was like always trying to have girls nights and like develop all these like female friendships before I was really at a place where I was able to have healthy friendships and they'd be very entrenched. And, um, you know, because the codependence is this overdeveloped sense of responsibility thing and this like one too many, a million, not enough addict thinking of we can't just be friends. We have to be best friends. And we're like, I could not leave a party without plans to go on a hike. It was like, I could not. <laughs> do it i could not it's like coffee bean the coffee bean like it was just hike after hike and i i wasn't able to go like oh this isn't one of my people you know because you've got your people people you vibrate with that bring out the best in you okay so what did i say i gotta know you said you you said something and this is gonna sound savage but it really hit me because I was running myself ragged, martyring myself on friendships that I didn't even want to be in. You know, like, you're like, fine, I'll go to coffee with her. And then after coffee, she's like, want to go to hike? And you're like, oh, I thought this coffee was going to take care of it. But the more you see the person, the more, you know what I mean? You said, uh, I said something like about friendships. And you're like, I just don't have time for a lot of friendships. You just said I don't have time. And I was like, I didn't realize that had anything to do with it. I thought you make time and then contort yourself to make the person like you. Like, I just, I didn't realize you had a choice in the matter. You know what I'm saying? I did, The idea of like putting yourself first or the idea of like going. What's funny is you could tell me I said anything and I have no memories. <laughs> you said it in a way that was, it didn't sound bitchy. It just sounded so well, I think Healthy. when you're trying to come up and you're trying to transcend your class, like I was trying to yes. do, I had to kind of like let some things fall by the wayside, but I would definitely like some more friends now. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> I would, but like I had no business being friends with half the people I was quote friends with. It was just codependent attachments. And I was like running myself ragged trying to have all these like friendships that were honestly a lot of people that are really toxic. It was just like a huge waste of time. And, um, it, it, it made a big impact on me because it was like, oh, like put yourself first. Like, oh, like sleep eight hours instead of like hanging out with this person you don't even like that much. I would like dread like those texts or phone calls when someone calls you and you're like, oh God, like what am I going to say to get out of this? You know, I just thought that was a normal friendship. Wow. I know. <laughs> like I would like. How many friends do you have now? <sighs> Emily. <laughs> do the ones I pay count? No. <laughs> no, I don't think payroll counts. I have, I think, you know, I did this attachment course with George Haas about sort of like, you've got your A's, your B's and your C's and your mm. A's are, you connect three times a week. Those are like your A friendships, the people that you go to like co-regulate with and like invest in, in a big way. And then you've got your B's, which are like twice a month and your C's that are like acquaintances and you put people in kind of a hierarchy in a, in a good way as a way to um, make sure you're valuing the right one and, and investing in the right ones, essentially. And um, so I'm really big on very close friendships, like fewer close friendships, and then acquaintances that sort of stay acquaintances. Like I'm able to have a lot of friendships where I can like talk to you once a month. Well, I also think that, you know, it was easier 
when there was a stand-up scene because then That's it was right. like I was so fulfilled every time every night I was like oh I love this guy I love her I can yeah. talk to people we're socializing yes. we're having these huge laughs we're yes. connecting we're catching up and then leaving and then I would never talk to them again until the next show I saw them yeah. at and like I I was always like extremely grateful for that aspect of stand-up because the that best. was you know, just made it seem like you just had this amazing circuit of the funniest, smartest people. That it's built in. Damaged, but funny and smart. You get to see them every night and you're not falling behind or having yeah. to sacrifice work. I think it's like, I feel... So now I don't really know what's happening. That's really interesting. I know. And I do feel like, I mean, something kind of wild happened when the pandemic started, which is like, a lot of comedians started like turning on each other. Mm-hmm. And it was like such a weird, like, oh... Like, was all of that pretend? Like, we're, you know... Well, no, that's why, like, you know, there's so many fights breaking out. People are very aggro. People have been... uh, People can't afford therapy. People don't go to therapy, you know? People also have bifurcated news. So people are also getting a different set of information depending on where they get their news. Most people... And this is another part of the, you know, end of civilization. I mean, I'm glad that you're thinking, you know positively about it but this is also a part of it yeah I mean the 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 fascinating thing I mean Colin Quinn did a special about this I think it aired on CNN about how America should just break into two countries Mm. because it is getting to the point to where no fault of their own if you watch a certain network and can and have a certain algorithm like you don't even have access to accurate information, you know? And it's like, you don't know what you don't know. So I actually have a lot of sympathy for the people that are just like, I have family members that uh, are operating with a different set of facts than I am. And yeah. you and you and people are like, they're stupid. It's like, they're not stupid. They just are like reading fiction books and it's being presented to them as fact, you know? And that's a, that is what, you know, I think that in our lifetime, we will see the same way tobacco has been regulated, the same way alcohol is regulated, the same way you have to ha- take a test. And I think there's going to be an access to the Internet thing that is going to change. I mean, this idea that like anyone can put anything on any news site and it looks true. And um, there's a statistic that if people see something more than four times, they as- think it's true. Because it's on many different publications, right? And it's like, oh, it must be true because all these people ran it, you know? And now everyone is addicted to the phone. That's what the pandemic did. Yes. So, I don't know. It just seems things... Like, remember that Bill Hicks joke? I always thought about it because he was like, everyone's saying it's the end of the world. This was like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Everyone's always thought that. And he's like, and he's like, but then you go outside and the birds are chirping. Mm-hmm. But it's like, now you go outside and it's like, oh, the everyone's in masks and mm-hmm. all these places shut down when and everyone's on their phone. So it does kind of seem like it's happening. People were afraid of elevators when they first started coming into buildings because they thought that they were going to get electrocuted, like standing in it because like it's obviously metal and conduct. And they thought that was like the end of the world. You know, it's like it is very normal for humans to be terrified of new technology that's or the unknown. People were terrified of trains. They thought that trains, you know, like conducting with the electricity would electric them. A lot of people didn't go on trains. So it's like there's always been two ta- like paranoid people that are like, this technology is going to hurt us. Whereas I do believe, especially if I may, as women that have to, on average, especially moms, have to do more in less amount of time. I do think the robots we're so scared of are going to help us. As someone that like lost two parents to strokes, like I do think like robotic surgeons and you know, better technology for surgery and detect, like this is all going to help us. But I think that 
why you're such a great comedian is the same reason that on some level, like you need you, antidepressants. No, you observe things that you, and you know, you see, we see the darkness in everything, you know, and that's why you're funny. You get to go on, you know, it's like why you're a brilliant roaster and a brilliant comedian is you're always going to see the thing that a lot of people don't notice because you don't have that ignorance is bliss thing. You're just too smart. And I think it's something that's like served us really well, but sometimes it can be bleak the way that our brains work. It's just taken me a long time to just go like, and I've studied because I did this whole thing on robots and, studying the history of humans' terror of, you know, obviously, um, uh, I think you actually talked about it on your podcast uh, at some point, the uncanny valley, why we're so afraid of dolls and so afraid of robots, is like we are wired essentially to be uh, recoil at something, men more so than women for obvious reasons, uh, recoil at anything that looks human but doesn't move like a human, i.e. something that looks human but could be sick or dead. It's called pathogen avoidance. It's basically we evolved to do it so that men didn't fuck corpses. That's why they're af- and get weird diseases. That's the the men that were most afraid of something. They're some- so horny, aren't they? Dude, if you are any if you're afraid of robots, that means your ancestors fucked dead women. <laughs> Full stop. Wait, don't you have a robot? I do. And so I learned a lot about this. Wait, our- can I see it or is she it you? She is no <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) She is at the shop getting aged up because she was made almost two years ago and looks younger than me. And instead of me, like there's one other person uh, that has a robot that looks exactly like him. He's in Japan. Um, I was going to say obviously, but Emily would cut it. Um, (laughs) And he gets plastic surgery to look like the robot. And that feels like a a slippery slope. So she's getting like crow's feet and some wrinkles. And also the reason that robots are not going to evolve as fast as, as everyone's so afraid of is because robots make robots. So until men, until women start getting in the robotics industry uh, and humanizing the faces because men can't read faces the same way women can. Therefore that's why these robots just look like fucking cartoon Chucky dolls because there are no women getting into robotics. So until women are in robotics, they're not going to evolve in a way that's actually going to be like realistic. So, um, so she, I said, Oh, can we get her eyebrows like real hair eyebrows? And cause I think men have never noticed eyebrows or seen them before or whatever. They just took hair from a wig and put it like two Hitler mustaches above. <laughs> and there were long hairs that they just moved this way. I was like, you got to go back to one on this. Like, this looks insane. And she's going to get cameras for eyeballs. And what are you doing with this? You know, you had a child <laughs> and I didn't judge that. <laughs> uh, it was an experiment that was like supposed to just be a disaster. I was just going to have it made. I thought it was just going to look like a shitty scarecrow. It was just going to be funny. <laughs> And then she ended up. She was gorgeous, and, then and she had talent because she. By the way, she's a star, and she ended up being really good. And it was just basically, I had been told by Netflix, we can get people to start specials, we can't get them to finish them. So can you please do something at the end of the special that even if people walk away and go, "Oh, I'll finish the rest later," they actually come back. So I was like, "All right, I think I got my gimmick." Well, I'm excited to see her when she gets back. Are you? <laughs> Kind of. I mean, but I just mean, I'll tune into stories. I just mean humans have always been afraid of technology and it's always, for the most part, benefited us, except for like Teflon and all the stuff that like gave us cancer. Um, but there are rehabs opening up for cell phone addiction, which is really fascinating. Well, you know, I hope you're right, Whitney. In the 50s, 
we were just addicted to rosé and pills. If not, I'll just uh, I'll just drink this poison you got me. I think of <laughs> I think the phone is the least bad addiction at all the right, moment. All right, and you get a lot of work done. Do you want to go back to phone calls? Um, I want to I want to go back to not just having two hours go by where I'm just like refreshing my screen. Mm-hmm. You want to be present. Well, I, it 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 doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. It it it's it's sort of like um, it's like the opposite of feeling. You know, it it just makes me. It's like torpor. It's like yes. it's like it's like I'm I'm like receding mm-hmm. as opposed to like because your yeah because your tolerance gets um, higher and higher for dopamine. I did want to ask you. I have so many questions. Uh, uh, your podcast has such incredible guests. I love the relationship advice. I love hear, hearing your brain work. Um, I love the secrets section. It's very cathartic and kind of um, great for a, the adrenaline junkies out there. So if you just got sober, this is your pod. Um, I do, uh, by the way, I did just uh, another period. I hadn't watched the last season. It is on Amazon Prime. Did you know that? It's on Amazon Apple. I think I know your superpower, Whitney. You better be getting checks. What? How do you know all this? You just have like endless energy. Time. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm childless. Well, I, I did not know that. I do work hard to prepare for the guests. I, Season three is on Amazon Prime? It is on Amazon Prime now. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I think Comedy Central is now a dot net. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on over there. Um, but no, I, especially when it's people that I care about, I cannot stand when I go on a podcast at this point and someone's like, so how'd you get into comedy? I'm like, I've answered this. Like, you can't do this to me. Or like, where do we find your thing? You tell me. I don't know. Like, well, I really appreciate it. And I hope that you come on our podcast. I would, well. I would love to. I thought, I thought we were going to try to do that. I don't know what happened. I'm sure it was my fault. Um, I did want to ask you a couple of things. Number one, wait, I did not know you had a degree in theater criticism. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I went to state school because that's what I could afford because I paid for it. And in, I was in New York and I wanted to get a degree. And from the City University of New York, it was either tech theater or theater criticism. So they didn't have an, for some reason, I couldn't get an acting degree. So I took theater criticism but I was really good at it and I like won an award and and it was like basically a great transition into comedy because it was just critiquing society sure that's fascinating yes that's what my do you still go see plays all the well haven't lately not lately but I yes and Moshe loves to do that as well so we'll always get season tickets to like any I mean LA doesn't have as many right, right, right. things, but um, but What's yeah. The one near UCLA, Griffin, the Griffin or whatever. Geffen. What the Geffen. Geffen. Geffen, sure. The Griffin's a bar. <laughs> Most things are called Geffen in LA. <laughs> I forgot. Um, yes, I've seen a couple plays there. Plays make me uncomfortable a lot of the time. You don't time. like plays? I just get uncomfortable. I don't know why. Well, you know what really helps, I found, is going alone. Because then you don't feel guilty that someone else is, like, not enjoying it. Sure. But is so, that how people feel when they come see comedy? See, I like to see comedy alone, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want pressure to have to, like, exactly. check in. Exactly. Or, like, I, I mean, now it's different. I have a comedian husband. So, you know, 
to me, he doesn't it's like, like watching either. ice skating where I'm like, don't fall, don't fall. Like I get very nervous for the person. Maybe it's because I'm a performer and I can't just release. And although I did watch Jag a Little Pill on a bootleg video, loved it. Um, but I knew all the songs and I'm like very emotional. Is this an Alanis Morissette theater? Play, yeah. Jag a Little Pill, yes. yes. It's a musical? It's a musical written by Diablo Cody. Okay, I didn't know about this. Yes, I have the bootleg link. It is incredible. Uh, and a uh, 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 director I'm working with is directing the documentary on it. Well, I'm also obsessed with her. Like, she's my everything. Um, and then uh, I remember watching Alan Cumming, who I strongly believe is the most underrated performer. He's really talented. No, like the most underrated performer we've got. And I think it's maybe by choice. You know that he had a fragrance called Cumming? That's pretty cool. Isn't that wild? Great name. Um, I feel like I saw him in Cabaret. Incredible in Cabaret. And he did Macbeth, where he played every part in Macbeth. Wow. Every part. Macduff, Lady Macbeth. He probably doesn't have any kids either. Correct. (laughs) Which is the key (laughs) to success at this point. Kind of seems like it. It's not you getting better. It's just (laughs) other people getting on the bench. (laughs) So... um, uh, and he played every part and was like in a bathtub, like underwater, throwing himself against the wall. And I was in the fifth row. I was, it was a mind bending thrill ride. I was exhausted. And it was like too stressful for me because I was like worried about him. And I couldn't understand. I spend most of the time just being like, how do you remember all this? Like, I, how do you know all these words? Like, it stresses me out. Um, and then, yeah, I just, there's something about it. Like, I just. The shoulders moving makes me stressed. You're not a theater person. It's okay. I, look, but what you're talking about is like a very specific doing choreographer. Doing television <laughs> at this point is basically theater. I have this whole thing. Of I see it, yeah. Doing TV at this point, like it's just with the numbers, it's basically like doing Broadway. But yeah, there's certain plays, I guess, that I love, but just like men in like, like a like a Broadway like janitor onesie like makes me sad. You just don't like Bob Fosse. I... Actually, he seems like a real dickhead, but I did like Fosse Vernon. That was excellent. I loved it. And I also listened to the book on tape. It, it, that was something that like I couldn't get enough of for a while. Interesting. Have you seen like YouTube videos of him directing? Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Yes. I like things about Broadway, but sometimes when I, wa- I went and saw Bruce Springsteen, here's the other thing. I just am not in the audience very often of things because we work at night. And I was at the Bruce Springsteen show when I say th- 25% of people were texting and then there's like rappers being open, it's, uh, then I, it's all I can think about. If I hear one fucking Werther's original getting unwrapped in a theater, I'm like, what are you doing? Man? Like I, You must not go to like the Walt Disney Concert Hall that much. I did go. Because there's I like was, six layers and then like if you ever have to, you know, I, I often am at the top tier and it's just all elderly people. We were there once and some man was so old he started falling down the steps and Moshe just helped push him up and the guy was like, don't touch me. And Moshe's like, I just saved your life. <laughs> like very, you know, the the demographic at theater, yes, is is very old, a lot of candy, a lot of... A lot, lot of, of a lot of yeah canes. lozenges. There's <laughs> a lot of like super lot of coughing. I, honestly, <laughs> a lot I have of opening little tins. Maybe I maybe I don't like the theater anymore. I, it, it does seem like a place that would be hard I to go to right like, now. I can't like get lost in it. I can't get like sucked into it because I other people's like bad behavior is so distracting to me and takes all my focus. Um, uh, uh, the Disney Hall 
I was frankly so disgusted by the pattern of the carpet that I it was like a shitty Vegas hotel carpet. It was like, a wild choice. It's like because it like matches the seats. It's every color orange. Yeah, it's literally my head, and I I just like couldn't wrap my head around this gorgeous place that all this money and this is where you you got your you know rugs like overstock.com you just rugs. have to go when it's full because then you can't see it no i i just i like i can't handle it um but it, that's fascinating to me that i have a degree in theater yeah criticism. why don't you do something why don't you do a, a like I a cr- podcast on i know but i don't know <laughs> um I don't know if you could tell Whitney, but I'm like, um, I'm kind of ramping down. <laughs> I'm not but trying to add another podcast. This is a pitch that will ramp you even further down <laughs> to have a theater <laughs> criticism podcast. This will put you out of business. <laughs> this is your retirement run. Can I ask you one more thing? As you get, whatever, do more, uh, am I the only person where like acting is is less appealing to me if it's not a version of myself. You don't consider yourself a character actress? When Is that I what you're hated saying? myself, I loved acting and I wanted to like be this other person. And now that I'm in a place where I'm like, I, I like myself, like I've worked hard on myself. I'm proud of my, uh, for the most part, the way I behave. I, I kind of only like to do parts that are a extension of my personality that I don't normally get to express because it's socially unacceptable or it's unattractive or shrill or whatever. I don't want to like disappear into a Holocaust survivor. I hear what you're saying. I think that don't take this the wrong way, but it <laughs> this is not going to be good. I'm not thin enough to play a no. <laughs> Holocaust no, survivor. No, no, I wait. I, I want to switch gears. I, I think. <laughs> well, sometimes you see like even on TikTok, seeing some of these actresses who are like in their 50s, some of the TikTok greatest broken you, Natasha. Some of the greatest actresses, and you see them, and you're like oh, like, this is why you're such a good actress. You're, like, an undeveloped person. Or you're, like, there's just some, I, I don't know, something something in some of the best actresses, I think they might be, like, a little, like, I don't know. Interesting. It's, something's, like, a, either they're a little crazy or just a little or too... Or you also have to be in a state of childishness in a way in a state of play you know I feel like you've run shows you've created shows you've created another period you had to deal with budgets like once you've done it's very hard as a to kind of just be like carefree and present in the moment because you're like how much did this cost what time is it like as soon as you go into your left brain analytical brain it takes I guess 20 minutes to get back to your Mm -hmm. creative brain to go back and forth is very difficult. And a lot of the best actresses, it's not a coincidence that they only act. Yeah, and I think that they can just access it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, a comedian feels like a totally different thing. Because we're the people that are like, what are you doing? Like, we're the hyper we're the hyper-vigilant um, caller-outers or something. The critics. Yes. But I, we're also the diffusers. But I do, interesting. I do think, though, as I, like, th- th- like, it's because people are always like, how can you do, do more acting? Like the the parts that I've done recently are kind of only like, I like playing like villains and like crazy bitches and all the things that are already in me in a way that I kind of just get to, to do, but that I can't do in my personal life. But I've got this skill set that is not going to use. And it I makes not, it makes all the brokenness not feel like it's a complete waste or lost. 
Whitney, there's room for everyone. I know, but I'm just Even asking you. you because you went to acting school and you work so much as an actress. I'm just curious. Yes, I would rather play an evil bitch too. You know? I think that, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I think. A lot of I think we're more than actresses. <laughs> we're more than actresses, Whitney. Yeah, uh, I just think there's, I don't know. I was just, I was just thinking about you and I was like, oh gosh, in, in your background and, and everything you do. I was just curious where you are, what kind of, parts you take these days that you want to do I mean I think that yes you're right you want to really connect with it and have it be like what yeah. is your evil twin what is the thing that you how do you wish you could act you yeah <laughs> yeah totally because I'm kind of at the point where I'm like like why would I want to be someone else I'm kind of like I like me for the I finally like me <laughs> I don't want to like be this other thing it's like this weird, it's very sick and very healthy at the same time, I feel like. Last thing, I know we have to get you out of here. Um, secrets. Uh, you hear about people's secrets. Do you have any secrets? <laughs> You're like, last thing, then we'll wrap thing. this up last really thing, quick. Do you come out of your belly button? <laughs> <laughs> Whitney, I'm not going to tell you my secrets. I mean, it doesn't have to be like about your cheating spree. Okay, here's a secret. When you had your sitcom I would drive through LA and see your face on every billboard and just get like my blood pressure would rise and I would just I was very jealous that you had like your face everywhere never let him see you in sweatpants while you had all these like sayings everywhere I went I was like did she purposely put these all over my neighborhood <laughs> they're everywhere but they were everywhere they weren't just in my neighborhood but that's a secret that has to do with you when there was a violent did that make you happy backlash against me were you still jealous i was probably more happy then no <laughs> um i just i don't remember a violent backlash i just remember um i just remember really wanting to act in a sitcom and then i felt like you just like came on the scene and like had it all that's so interesting but don't you get like you know, it was like, like I was like young. So I was like, you know, I had a lot of like angst. Let me ask you. Well, it's interesting as someone that's been wildly jealous of you at many times. What you were on Chelsea sitcom simultaneously, right? Right. It was there, called Chelsea? Chelsea. Are you there, Chelsea? Yeah. If it would have been called, are you there, Natasha? Maybe yeah. I wouldn't be like, you know, had high, high blood pressure at 27. Do you still want to do a sitcom? Um, sure. Why not? Yeah. Would I mean, I like one? comedy. Yeah. I like doing comedy. And do you, would you create one now? Yeah, multi-camera. I've done it for. It sounds fun. <laughs> not if you're running it and creating it. <laughs> that is a lot of work. Yeah, you're there a lot. But now the orders are like 10, 12. Oh, right. You would have like 30. We did like 24 a year. So I told you a secret. I was jealous of your billboards. You seemed on top of the world. I was probably, you know, at the funny bone somewhere. That is so, that Rooster is, Tea Feathers or something. Rooster Tea. I remember Rooster Tea Feathers. I'm sure, you know. Yeah, I was getting... It, and it's so interesting because I, I have this like weird instinct to like apologize. And then I have this other weird instinct to go like, oh no, my life was hell. I was getting dragged on Twitter by like my heroes. When you had a sitcom, people were making fun of you? Oh, the billboards, because everything that was written in oh, those things right. were like, they took my tweets and like changed it. Like they, they made them, they were dirty and edgy. And then they changed into like half of all marriages end in sweatpants. Like it was just like, 
made me it was like bad purple sitcom font like it was just like very well I was still jealous of them honey so yeah no trust me and I have great taste and I was like if I saw a billboard that was like Amanda I'd probably make fun of it constantly too but it was like this I remember I mean I probably made fun of them but I was also very jealous no for sure everybody did and I would have as well but I would go to like events like like work events and people would be like how you doing like, I was like, people treated me like I had a terminal illness, and I didn't understand why. And people were just like, don't, they're just jealous. I was like, what? Like, I didn't realize how despised I had sort of become, and I, I just had no idea, because I was in the office all the time. Well, you yeah. know what? You've come out on top. You have a hit podcast. Your house smells like a really nice hotel. I don't want to leave. <laughs> and, and I actually want to sleep in that guest room. Can I? I would, <laughs> if I ever want to, like, just get away from my family. You know that that's, like, the whole deal is, like, come with your child and, like, spend the night or whatnot. Uh, like, I want people to, like, come here and, like, if you want to, like, write for a couple hours. Like, that's my <laughs> dream. Okay. Like, please. All right. That would be my dream. And then Moshe can camp on the other side. Um, okay, I love it. My kid would love it here. She's, she'll, um, she'll think we're poor, but I. <laughs> Maybe that'll be good That's for her. That's a good thing. You need to like all this gold. Your child just grew up looking. Whitney, at you gold. have a lot of gold on too. Okay, I mean, I feel like maybe the same amount as me. This. Well, whatever. Yeah, I do have a, these were gifts. I did go have a ring phase for a while. All right. Look, I saw your gold. I got <laughs> jealous. I will not let you have any myself not have what you have. Um, I love you. I have so many more questions, but we'll have to do it another time. I want to talk about roast jokes that didn't air. Um, uh, Here, how about when my book comes out? I'll come back. Will you please. Yes. Okay, and I'll be more focused. You've been very focused. Okay. This is how it is, and people like it. So, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. People like it. Even if I think that the interview was a disaster, they seem to like it more. The worse I feel about it. Do you so feel bad is, about this, this interview? This is going to be a hit episode. You feel really bad about no, this interview? No, I just feel like I haven't seen you in so long, and there's so much I want to ask you, and I'm looking at all these questions I didn't ask I'll you. I'll come back And you'll have to come back. Spring. I kept you for three hours. <laughs> And then we like kind of walked around and actually talked off camera for a while, which is very against my nature. Uh, we did something not monetized and televised when we walked around the house. Well, your house is gorgeous. I've known you for so long. You look great. Thank you. Way so better you. than than when you were on the billboards 20 years ago. Even better. I remember one time we were in a photo shoot and they threw me a beach ball. <laughs> and I was like, and then I remember going, no, like, no. This and but the, I was dressed in a banana costume in the commercials. I was like dancing across the football games in a banana costume. I mean, it was like Valerie Cherish to the max. Um, I don't remember that. The it was bad and embarrassing, and it did make people like hate me and never cast me in anything for a very long time after that. Like it's it's been like a nightmare. Well, show. wouldn't you rather just stay here and do your podcast? Esther Pavitsky said to me once, like, she was like, I feel like we need to revisit that. She was like, I feel like you were the first person that was canceled. <laughs> I was like, what? And she was like, the people were so mean to you during that time. And I was like, I feel like I just got over all that. But <laughs> dang. she was like, that was crazy the way people treated you and like how bad it was. So it was like, it's, I, it, it's, it's weird. It's weird. I don't know. Well, I never know how to like respond to that. But I think you handled it well. <laughs> Your 
ability to like dismount is so admirable and I just won't well I just go. have to pick my kid up is this it's like <laughs> <laughs> I got here at 2 it's 5 30 yeah we have to go I love Natasha way too much I, I, your uh, house endless, is amazing but you do live an hour away from <laughs> endless <laughs> civilization Whitney <laughs> endless and 5 30 hun- is pretty famously rush hour <laughs> the endless honeymoon podcast. I gotta go <laughs> No, I really appreciate no, you. I adore you. And I want to just go on record saying I have not asked you to do the podcast because I did not want to put pressure on you and fuck up our friendship. So thank you for doing this. I'll come back. This was so fun and I'd love you to do ours. And I would love to. It'd be my dream. Um, and uh, another period. I'm going to do an intro that has all the other stuff. But another period, if you have not seen it, you're a dumb person. <laughs> it's so brilliant and so... I play a queen. It's such a dream to watch. It's like you're not thinking about phones. You're not thinking about computer. Like it's just like it's a. It's just. It makes me jealous. Hell I, yeah! I'm so jealous. When you and Ricky started a TV show, a gun in my mouth. Um, <laughs> a night where you get to just wear dresses all the time. We like, did purposely do like an era where we could just be princesses. Yeah, I just was like, "Fuck you!" I like, how did I? Why did I not get to do that? I'm in like, like, like camel toe, like tight pants, and then oh yeah, like David Wayne is in it. Like, it was an amazing show. Natasha's amazing drunk cast. history, I would say, is. The one, everyone's favorite, Natasha Legero. She's a you can legend. come with me to pick up She's my kid, honestly, Whitney. I am good. Thank Heart you. Pass. I love you. I hope none of these gifts. Uh, I love were them secretly all. I mean, offensive. no. I love all the bold prints. I'm gonna wear this home driving. The print is not very you, but the I the, love it. I really I do. I do feel like because you're kind of who's the woman that um got choked by a scarf in her convertible. The dancer. Um, Isabella Duncan. Yeah, I feel <laughs> Isadora like... Isadora Duncan. Isadora Duncan. I feel like that's the only thing I really worry about. You're you. not the first person to say that. <laughs> I mean, that is the that. highest compliment I can give anyone. And then my little teacup. I mean, it was really it's, too that's sweet. It's like for sugar or something. I love dumb. it. I it's feel so like, cute. Yeah, if, if, if Moshe ever does die, you're going to jail. And it's my fault. <laughs> um, Natasha Legere, we end these very awkwardly. Don't ride elephants. Love you, guys. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. (laughs) But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.